Blog Talk Radio. This is Celtics Talk Radio, your weekly C's audio magazine. Listen as we discuss the latest news for the Boston Celtics. You can call us at 347-857-3545. Now, here's your host, Daniel, Igor, and Kevin. Hey, what's up, Celtics fans? Welcome to another edition of Celtics Talk Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. As always, I'm your co-host, Daniel Camacho, alongside, of course, my co-host, Kevin Dixon and Igor Midich. So, Kevin, what's up, buddy? Hey, man, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Saturday night, doing it right, talking about the Celtics, if it's right or wrong. And, of course, things are certainly going right for the Celtics right now in this situation and for Celtics Nation in this case. Igor Midic will have his microphone uh, activated in just a moment in this case. Uh, he will let me know when to activate it. But, of course, the Celtics, as we were just saying, things are going right for them right now in this case and for Celtics Nation. The Celtics, ladies and gentlemen, are now 29-25 and 25 after going on a four-game win streak. They defeated the New Orleans Pelicans 107-97 while we were on the radio last week in this case. They defeated the Miami Heat 122-92 to this past Monday, then defeated the Charlotte Hornets 113-107, and then last night defeated the Detroit Pistons 102-93. to The Celtics, in this case, have won six of their last seven games in total with only a 108-92 loss to the Atlanta Hawks back on the 28th of January being the only loss in that seven-game span. And now the Celtics, in this case, sit in eighth place in the Eastern Conference, which is the second play-in tournament spot, just a half game behind the Toronto Raptors for the seventh spot, which is the first spot in the play-in tournament. And shockingly enough, just one game behind the Brooklyn Nets in this case for the sixth spot. Who would have thought at this point in the season the Celtics would be just one game behind the Brooklyn Nets or that the Brooklyn Nets themselves would be actually in the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference behind the Philadelphia 76ers, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Miami Heat, and the number one seeded Chicago Bulls. I don't think any of us would have been expecting that at this point in this um, this far into the season. So, of course, the Celtics will be taking on those Brooklyn Nets in just a few days on Tuesday, February 8th, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. Of course, that game will not be featuring the type of matchup we all would have wanted as, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, a lot of their struggles that have caused them to fall down so far are injuries, which, of course, the Celtics have had their share of injuries as the Celtics will play the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, which means the Nets will not have Kevin Durant as Durant, of course, is down with an injury. And, of course, Kyrie Irving will not get to play due to the fact that it's in Brooklyn and Brooklyn does not allow him to play due to the fact that he is not COVID vaccinated. And, of course, we do have the fact that the rumors are going that the Brooklyn Nets may just trade James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. So you never know what might happen when it comes to that, knowing that the trade deadline is this coming Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And so that might have to be done just before then in this case. And so that that story broke just last night in this case, that the discussions were ongoing apparently. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
before we end up basically getting into our discussions and start talking about the last week for the Celtics, we will let you hear about our first block in this case and play our first block of audios, and then Igor will join us. I'm we here. Basically getting... Okay, so Igor, anything I'm, you want to say before I'm we get to here. block one? Uh, yes, uh, I want to say uh, have a, uh, first, first of all, good evening, Daniel. Good evening, the Celtics uh, world. Uh, the Celtics uh, uh, are uh, having the biggest, uh, uh, the biggest winning, uh, the biggest winning streak in uh, uh, the season, and that is, uh, of course, uh, this uh, winning streak of four games. The Celtics are playing good. Uh, we will hear uh, in the first block that you mentioned uh, Bob Ran uh, talking about uh, the winning streak. So we will discuss is this uh, winning streak for real or not. During uh, the show, uh, we have excellent audio. So I recommend you all to listen to all three hours of the show. Because if you are the Celtics fan, you will hear necessary information about about the trade deadline uh, we have Chris Mannix we have Bobby Manning and Stillness crew, uh, we have Bob Ryan uh, we have Michael Felger and Holly uh, also we have uh, the uh, author of the, of the uh, very ex- excellent uh, article I would say uh, uh, Steve Bullpep, uh, you know from heavy.com ex uh, Boston Herald uh, uh, he's covering Celtics from uh, 1986 or 7 uh, about Jalen Brown rumors. Also, we will talk about uh, uh, the trade deadline uh, news and what is the most important, the first, and the most important news for me, the salary cap projections and implications for the Celtics' future. Uh, stay with us. You have a lot of reasons uh, to stay with us. Uh, Kevin is with us, so uh, really short to... Uh, include him also, uh, and is not with us. So, uh, Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you have to say for the beginning of the show, brother? Um, I think that uh, Celtics playing decent basketball, um, but <laughs> we got to let these people know that the games they're winning, the games these are games they're supposed to win. These are games they're yep. supposed to win at the beginning of the season. Yep. So don't yep. get don't get too happy because a lot of stuff we say tonight you might not like it, but it is what it is. Yep. 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 And we will we will try. Uh, my biggest fear, Kevin and Danny and Celtics fans, my biggest fear is, and we don't know yet what what Brad Stevens is doing. This is the crucial thing. Uh, will the Celtics and uh, front office overreact to the winning streak and do the wrong moves at the trade deadline, or? they will do the right moves. This will be the question until the February 10th. So uh, stay with us. A lot of good stuff. And for the beginning, Bob Rahn, my favorite journalist of the world, and I mean Mr. Legend himself. So, Bob, uh, what do you have to say about uh, the winning streak? Welcome to the Celtics Pod here, CLNS, Gary Pangway, Bob Ryan. Uh, Goodman is on assignment covering college basketball somewhere. So, Bob, here's the thing now. There's rumors flying around. Steve Lopat, our old buddy from the beat, yep. 
I've got word on Heavy.com and some other outlets have picked it up that uh, Brown may want out. Jalen Brown may want out at the end of the season if they can't make it work. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, he's a thoughtful guy, right? He is. We we knew from the minute he came here out of Berkeley that, that he was different. And and uh, you know his future is not in basketball. I don't think that's. I'm just, oh, no, no. I don't think you know it's definitely not in basketball. It, it, he'll be your. He'll be somebody's state rep or state senator or something out there. Something will happen. Anyway, I'm not shocked if if he's made a policy decision about that. Uh, Now, I think that – but it's kind of a trial period now as they – you know, they've had a little hope, a little glimmer lately, you know, because you have to factor in uh, who you're playing and when you're playing them and who's not in the game and all that. But they have done some things better of late. Uh, Maybe that will change. But I wouldn't – that wouldn't show me. I mean, he's now – well, how many years in? Five, you know, at least in the six. And then um, he's, he's starting to get a little antsy about it. And they've had a little taste of it. And it's a little frustrating because they've gone backwards since he's gotten here. Right. You know, in terms of how far they go in the season. Uh, so that, that would not. And yet we're seeing evidence uh, that things are getting a bit better. And, uh, you know, and, and we are trying to filter it all through, as they said, the reality of who you're playing. You know, when you're playing Miami without people, you're playing. Sure. You know, but. They did play better, and they had the two of them that with one night when they each had 30. And, uh, you know, I mean, that if that can happen, then that's, that's a good thing. I just think in the NBA this season, what I've learned is you can have, you know, you can have your stars and so forth. And, you know, Memphis may have their John Morant, and you know their roster. We've talked about Chicago without ball. But what the Celtics have failed to do is they haven't surrounded them with chemistry. You know, the point guard position hasn't worked out. I know you look smart. I, I, I hear you. But they have these two players, and the other spots, I guess, really haven't filled in. Like, I mean, the Celtics could really use a Caruso. You know what I mean? Sure. So well, that's, that's the thing. So what do you do, Bob? Is now, you know, you know, you're like, if you're Brad, the trade deadline's coming up. Do you make, you know, do you make a move to try to get some of those guys? They're, they're, they're become a, a colossal tease. And, and uh, that's a very interesting decision that Brad's going to have to make. Are we, are we you know, buyers or sellers or kind of thing? Uh, we, you know, we, I think we both believe that the East is available, you know, that right. the reason why you can't think, project yourself doing something specific, uh, good in April and May if, uh, if uh, you're healthy. You know, now uh, let's talk about that. They, they took a long time to get the, the gang together. Right. A long time this season before they could get the preferred starting five. And, and now lately, uh, as we speak, uh, Emi has, has restricted as down to a playoff style rotation. Right. And and, uh, uh, and and it seems to be working in this short run. My my bar I'm raising to give me a good month. See me see me at the end of February and see what if they built on this. Uh, or not, you know, I'm skeptical. I, well, I mean, you know, we, we have every reason to be skeptical. They have not, they've, they've disappointed us the last couple of years in this regard. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, do you sell high where, you know, Jalen has had injury issues and they, they have health issues and they haven't. And a COVID play. issue too. What's that? COVID. Oh, COVID issue. Yeah. And do you, so do you sell high right now? They're playing well, trade dead like it's up. I don't know. It's a tough spot. You know, I think what you have to do if you're the Celtics is you listen to the offers and you have to compare the offers with the choice of trying to make a run. That's it. But you have to listen to the offers. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you know, what, are you, they, what have they done that, that, that in the last, lately, that would have you say, oh, no, we don't need to make any moves. You know? No, I, 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 I was reluctant to come to that conclusion, but I did come to that conclusion, and, and, I, and I understand the need right now. 
Um, I'm, uh, I'm wondering, well, I'm happy. Uh, Josh Richardson's come off a terrific game and sure. six threes. And, and I still don't, I'm, I'm disappointed in, in two people uh, that they haven't progressed and to the to, to satisfaction of the coach, namely Pritchard, who after the last year, I thought we had something not special, but really solid. So we had a solid guy. Right. Gonna be he was at Caruso. Yeah. And, and even in, in the preseason, it was there. I don't know. And Neesmith. I'm, I'm yeah. determined to see this thing through with him. You know, every once in a while, you know, it'll, it'll be there. But, you know, I'm disappointed. I thought he, I, I really thought he was going to be a factor, significant factor this year. And, and, and not obviously it, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. My guy is still Robert Williams. I was, oh. you know, that's my Robert, disappointment. Really? I mean, I don't know what we should expect from him. Maybe he does stuff that we've never literally we haven't had a player like that ever. I just want more consistency, I guess. I guess well, it comes down with the turf. So maybe I'm expecting too much. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, I, it's well. You want when you see the good stuff, you get excited. Right. All right. I'll give you that. And and yet because we haven't had that kind of good stuff around here uh, before. And I'm not. You know, we had great players, better players, obviously. The you know right. three all the Hall of Fame centers off the top of my head, and, and Russell Cowens and Parrish. You know that played here, and, and uh, we know what a great center is, and the at least the way basketball used to look like. And but they didn't play the game the way the modern way, the way these. Guys well, he's a game changer. I mean, he could change a game. Yeah. So you want? Yeah, you'd like you it. You want it every day. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't see him going anywhere. You still got to. No, he's not. He's too young. That would be what stupid. What do we say about Al? What do we say about Al now? I mean, who, who, does anybody want? I mean, I guess somebody would want him as a veteran to make a run. There might be, right, there might be a team that, that feels, you mentioned Caruso, but, you know, that the, the want him for the, for the whole package, and, and they need that kind of veteran, and it's their missing link ultimately. There might be a team that would, but, you know, it can't. You're not going to get much back. I don't think. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, if you think that you may get a bench player down the road for him or somebody that can help out all of these misses, maybe. You know, maybe. And I don't like speaking ill of Al, but I think that you know he's reached that point in his career. He's just dude. I I, I thought he was done. I thought he never. I mean, he was when he left here. He, he had that. He had that horrendous. You know, start on the three, and it's it's. it's Come, you know, he find, you know, his numbers are abysmal. Right, and it's got to be a part of his package to make him really useful. Right, I agree. Yeah, uh, Mr. Ryan, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend, uh, and we'll have Mr. Goodman back next week. Talk to you next week. Let's get to this story. Steve Bopet. Oh, yeah. The Heavy.com. The Heavy. Says multiple sources have told Heavy.com that absent the team getting its act together and playing more to its potential, Jalen Brown could be the one to acknowledge that the mix isn't right and seek a move. Even just the possibility that a player of Brown's abilities may find his way to the market has raised the eyebrows of a number of general managers around the NBA. Due diligence is getting done. So this is the first little ripple, Mike, All right. in 
what could be the crack in the foundation of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum staying together. What are your thoughts? Despite how couched that report is from yeah. Bullpet, it's very couched. Obviously, you know, somebody told him something, and he's got to hear You didn't hear it from me. You got to phrase it in a certain way, and that's what he did. But really, you got to take it seriously for a couple of reasons. You know, Steve Bullpet covered the Celtics for a very long time. I think he started in, like, 1987 uh, or, or even earlier covering the Celtics. So he's been around. And the other thing is, uh, Felger, as we talked about before, NBA players – uh, aren't really known in this era of just saying, hey, you know, I'm going to end my career with this team. Right. They're always looking. Uh, grass is always greener. They got a wandering eye. Uh, they don't dance with the person who brought them there. Whatever you want to say, they're not about it. And so, uh, look, we, it's not really a surprise that it would be a thought. Now, I don't think it's, it's way down the road, but would it surprise you that, that, that one of the Celtics' best players is thinking, of course not. wait a minute, is this the best and situation the, for me? No. Know, it's, you know, and how sensitive the green teamers green get teamers. when this is brought up. Even just in this building, you feel the sensitivities to this. I feel like saying, guys, it's not a Celtics thing. Every NBA team now has to deal with this. If Milwaukee in a couple of years doesn't win another championship, Middleton, Giannis, they're not going to be together. What, Giannis is going to go somewhere else? Uh, or Middleton might go somewhere else. You know, the Nets deal with it on a deal. Every team, you know, if, if the Lakers continue to go in this direction, you think Anthony Davis is going to stick around even though L.A. is awesome? Is he just going to sit there and lose? For the next 10 years? I just got to sit on the injured list. No, he's gone. You know what I'm saying? But, like, every day, like, isn't this now the reality of the NBA? Like, so to think that you're immune to it, like, why would you be immune to it? That you have two young stars, and they're not winning together, and it's not pointing in the right direction, and their contracts are, well, of course, they're looking elsewhere because everyone in the league does. So don't be so sensitive. All right, when you're talking like this, the first thing, my instincts, I want to kind of put the earmuffs on, on Lucky here on our floor. I want to put yeah, it on. You can't talk like this. Okay, don't listen. Don't listen, Lucky. But the other thing is, if the Celtics really take it seriously, and I'm not sure they do, but if they were to take it seriously, you'd start hearing Jalen Brown's name uh, thrown up in, in, in trade discussions. But, it, you know, they've got a good contract situation from their perspective. Good contract situation. Well, Tatum, two more years left, good, right? Yeah, yeah. Good contract. Also, like, the clock is ticking. But this is where it starts. It's usually two years out when they start making noise. A year out, they start getting aggressive if they want to go. So what do they have to do to yeah. convince Brown to stay? Like, if they make the conference finals this year, is that enough for everyone to say, all right, this is happening. I would think so. You know, back to the conference finals. But, but they have to and, – and, and it's on him. It's on him. I've said this before. It's on Tatum and Brown. So if they get to the conference finals and don't win, you can't look around and say, well, Kyrie did this or, or that, you know, Marcus Morris. And, no, or Gordon Hayward. No, it's you. It's your team. So if your team is not going as far as it should go, you've got to look at what, what are you missing because that, that's who the Celtics are now, right? We talked about whether or not the Celtics are turning the corner. Well, let's take a look. The first 39 games, a record of 18 and 21. The last 14 games, 10 and 4. Their offensive rating has increased. The field goal percentage has increased. Assists per game and their defensive rating getting better. Net rating as well. Best in the NBA during that span. Welcome into Celtics Post Game Plus. Chris Mannix, Amina Smith here with you. Mannix, you see the numbers right there. I know you are not believing me when I say this team is kind of sort of turning the corner, but the numbers say different. Okay, I don't know what kind of sort of turning the corner means. <laughs> that's, that's, me that's me trying to keep it safe. Straddling the, the straddling the fence there pretty well. But look, what this team is doing, especially defensively, is excellent. They are living up 
to their defensive potential. When they played Josh Richardson and Grant Williams, Dennis Schroeder off the bench, to go with that starting lineup. When Rob Williams is being the shot blocker, we know that he can be. When Marcus Smart is out there playing 30-plus minutes as statistically anyway, the best defensive player in basketball over the last month. When Tatum and Brown are playing up to their level, they're as good as any team in the NBA defensively. We take so much pressure off what they can or can't do on the offensive end of the floor. So I love over the last month or so what I've seen from this team completely defensively. And Grant Williams had some key plays in tonight's win. Just how is he showing his value out there on the court? Look, he's shown at different times this season that he should be considered as one of the more improved players in the NBA this year. He's obviously worked on his three-point shot. We've seen him kind of fluctuate a little bit at times, but he is a much better three-point shooter this year than he was last year and years past. Uh, and he's become very adept at making that corner three to the point where it's almost automatic when he catches the ball in that spot. Still needs some work on other parts of the floor. That'll come as his game progresses, but he is taking step after step in his development. He's one of the first guys off the bench for Ime Udoka. There's an argument to be made. Maybe he should be in the starting lineup at some point, but he certainly will be in the starting lineup next year and beyond if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, Grant Williams definitely taking a huge leap forward this season. All right. Okay, and we are live again. Welcome uh, back to the Celtics Talk Radio episode 306. Uh, the Celtics in a four-game winning streak and uh, less than a week before, a couple of days actually, uh, the, I mean uh, before the trade deadline, February 10th, uh, you are with uh, Danny, Igor, and Kevin. If you want to uh, call us, uh, maybe uh, 347-857-3545. Ask questions, uh, comment, uh, criticize us. It is all allowed here. We are uh, one democratic uh, radio station, so all opinions are welcome. And also write us at our pages with Green Celtics um, uh, Talk Radio. Uh, thanks for blowing up our inbox at uh, the Celtics Talk Radio. Uh, we appreciate it, even though we cannot answer all the questions and <laughs> all the mail there. Um, and Wibbley Green Celtics Fans Forum, and also at uh, Twitter, Celtics Talk Radio, STR Capital Letters. Uh, gentlemen, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, subject number one uh, is NBA salary cap luxury tax higher than expected in 2022nd, 23rd. The NBA has informed teams of the projected salary cap and luxury tax levels for 2022-23 season, 121 million and uh, 147 million respectively. Uh, 121 looks uh, salary cap and also uh, luxury tax level 147 million. Uh, the new salary cap uh, figures would be increase of 7.6 percent uh, uh, compared to the previous season. So. The new salary cap is 7.6% uh, higher than the last season. Uh, the salary cap for 2021-22 year was set to be 112.4 million, while the luxury tax threshold for 2021-22 year luxury tax threshold was 136.6 million. Um, and 
So John Holliner from Athletic um, uh, talked about the league's revenue calculations, the fact that we have had game cancellations, empty arenas in Toronto, uh, had some worried around uh, the league uh, about the revenue shortfall that would drive to the numbers down. Apparently, that is not the case. Uh, while the magnitude, magnitude of uh, the shift is not earth-shattering, the rise in the luxury tax level in particular, um, the rise in the luxury tax level in particular is good news for several teams, including Boston, who will now um, uh, have increased flex- flexibility the next season. Uh, Holliner said which teams are most affected by increase. Uh, without a doubt, Holliner said the Nets, Clippers, and Warriors are the three big winners here because all three teams um, face uh, staggering luxury tax bills the next season and a two million shift in the luxury tax threshold uh, could easily save every uh, team, um, every team that we mentioned, Nets, Clippers, and Warriors, from 10 million or more uh, payments in the luxury tax. Uh, conversely, teams that are set below the tax line will lose about $1 million each in potential payout money from um, that uh, Profilgate uh, trio. Uh, the change in the cap number, on the other hand, doesn't have a huge impact since only a couple of teams project to have meaning- meaningful cap space uh, anyway uh, this uh, season. This season a couple of more informations. Uh, so, um, Sham Sharania, like I said, shall we kept expected to be uh, 2022nd, 2023rd, uh, season 121 million, um, and luxury tax threshold 147 million. This is 2 million higher luxury tax threshold than projected. Uh, those numbers are uplift from 112.4 million salary cap and 136.6 million tax lever in place for 2021-22. The salary cap and tax level generally increase on year-to-year basis, but the COVID uh, pandemic has impactful, uh, uh, you know, uh, has impacted those numbers in recent years. For example, in 2020-21 year, the cap was 109 million and threshold was 133 million, uh, which was identical like previous seasons. Practically, uh, because of COVID, 2020 and 2021 salary cap uh, was identical uh, numbers, 109 and 133. Uh, in 2019-20 regular season uh, was cut and we had bubble playoff in Orlando, Florida. And 2020-21 season was uh, shortened to 72 games and playing tournament. Uh, so um, uh, many teams had either limited attendance or no attendance at all, Toronto empty arenas. Uh, the teams return to normal level this year, 2021-22 season. So, although the Toronto Raptors have been playing with no fans attendance because of COVID protocol in Canada, 
uh, during the upcoming off-season, NBA teams will have more money to pay, and uh, uh, with that, uh, as they explore intriguing free agency class. Uh, J- James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, among those at the end of the 2022-23 season could be the free agency, and Boston Celtics uh, uh, potentially, if they make uh, the right moves, can be uh, for uh, potentially for the play uh, for one of those uh, players, uh, Bradley Beal, Westbrook, uh, maybe even Harden, even though he's attached with Philadelphia, and I think he will land there. Um, other players to notify uh, B-level free agents, to say that way, uh, are uh, names like Zach Lavine, Chicago, Yusuf Nurkic, Portland, Robert Covington, who was just traded to uh, Danny Will Help Me, never mind, and Gary Harris. Anyway, uh, Daniel, uh, your thoughts. You have interesting uh, thoughts from other fans about uh, Al Horford. I want you to elaborate me. Uh, what does that mean for the Celtics uh, from your standpoint of view? Uh, well, obviously, like you said, uh, this pretty much makes it where now they're further, further low behind, further lower, basically, from the tax line at this point in this situation. So the Celtics, you know, don't have to worry about, um, you know, stressing the situation of having to send away as much players if they don't want to, you know, um, because obviously it's a little bit more than what they were expecting in this situation because the the amounts keep rising, you know, because again, the uh, NBA gives, you know, it's just a projection, ladies and gentlemen, That's, that's the main point here. You know, eventually the league will, you know, reveal to the to the NBA teams eventually at some point after the season what the real um, salary cap, salary cap and tax line are going to be in this situation at some point. But this is just what the projected amounts are. So it could be that these will be the amounts once the season is over in this case, or it could be that they be even higher. Or it could be that that they'll be lower in this situation for all the league knows in this situation. But as of right now, from where they were in the previous, um, you know, projection with the previous update, the amounts just keep going up in this case, which is a good sign for the league because it means the revenues are the revenue keeps coming up. The fans are spending their money on the jerseys. They're spending you know a lot more money on the tickets, things like that. So the league is prospering at this point. If it wasn't prospering, then technically uh, this type of stuff would be going down in this situation. That's just how it works in this case, and that's a good sign for the league. But when it comes to the Celtics in this case, again, that means that you now, when it comes to the situation of your players, and specifically in Al Horford's case, now are in a situation where you got to consider with the trade deadline for next Thursday how much of a – you know how desperate how desperate do you want to be when it comes to trying to get under that tax line? In this case, as um, the post I put up last night for anybody you know that's listening that isn't a member of our of our Weebly Green Celtics fan forum group, the Celtics for next year in this situation are slated to be at 135 million dollars in cap um, salary cap money already um, guaranteed between Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, Al Horford in this case, Marcus Smart, Jason Richardson, 
Robert Williams III, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Aaron Neesmith, and Peyton Pritchard, and whoever we end up drafting with the first with our first round pick in this case. So $135 million, which of course that's already over the salary cap amount in the situation that you mentioned, which was $121 million in this uh, case. I I have uh, Daniel um, the calculations about salary cap uh, from Hoops Hype, who is pretty decent site. Uh, for 2022nd, 23rd year, really short. I just want to interrupt your segment. Uh, we are projected alongside guarantees, part guarantee, partially guaranteed contracts, and that kind of stuff. 141.78 millions. 141.78 millions. What does that mean? That means that we are over uh, salary cap uh, um, line, but under the luxury tax threshold other 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 words uh, we are not uh, tax paying teams and uh, we will be able to use uh, you know the tools uh, as uh, you know uh, non tax paying teams you know some exceptions like the non tax tax paying team uh, full mid level exceptions uh, biannual exception uh, veteran exception etc etc so please go exactly so obviously depending on which site you go to ladies and gentlemen each one has their own version of what the amount amount is in this situation for what a player is being being paid in this case and all of that stuff so you'll you'll eventually find out that they're not too far you know apart in this situation maybe a couple million dollars in this case as you saw Igor's was 141 million mine's is 135 which regardless though they both stay over salary cap. So you're not going to have any salary cap space, ladies and gentlemen, to go signing a big-time free agent this summer if that's what you're all hoping for in this situation. And pretty much you are still under the luxury tax. Like Igor said, you're going to have basically the opportunity to use the benefits that you get as a non-taxpaying team, which is something that basically, you know, Wick Grosbeck has wanted. He doesn't want to pay the taxes for a team who isn't a championship contender in this case. And that was the whole reason why we've been seeing Brad Stevens getting rid of certain players and trying to cut the, you know, the, the salary um, salary amounts down in this case because that's what Wick Grosbeck wants in this situation. Now, when it comes to next season in this case, here's where Al Horford's contract becomes critical. Al Horford, in this case, that $135 million number that I basically mentioned, as Igor mentioned as well, Al Horford's contract is partially guaranteed at this point. Now, he's partially guaranteed at this point at $14.5 million. His amount in this situation would end up jumping up, in this case, to $19.5 million if the team was to make the NBA Finals or if the team was to win the NBA Finals, in this case, his amount will become fully guaranteed in this situation. And by fully guaranteed, that would mean $26.5 million at that point. (laughs) Or if Al Horford is with the team, that's the other key part. If Al Horford is with the team beyond the the, um, date of January 1st, 2023, contract 
will become fully guaranteed at $26.5 million at that time as well. So basically, the Celtics would either have to go the route of letting him go by that time and basically trying to save the remaining amount of money if they want to go that route so that they could use the extra money to go with some, to try to get somebody else, or they would end up having to risk having that additional twelve point, you know, twelve million dollars added to their salary cap next season in this case. So that's where Brad Stevens and the Celtics are gonna have to next season really be considerate of what they're gonna be facing in this situation if they decide to keep Al Horford. So like you said, Igor, okay, you know, yeah, you're under the luxury tax right now because of the fact that, you know, he's at $14.5 million, but you're going to have to realize that you got that dark cloud over your head that's $12 million that could end up basically being added to your bank account, you know, amount in this situation or to your bill at that point, at some point, should I say, that could take it right over the luxury tax amount next season in this situation because whether it's $135 million, the amount I have, or $141 million that you have, regardless, that takes us over the $147 million in this case, and that could easily make you a luxury tax-paying team in this case, especially if you start adding more players for next season. So, obviously, none of us think the Celtics are going to make the NBA Finals this season or definitely win the championship next, um, this season in this case which means that for next season, the Celtics will start off without Horford being at $14.5 million. meaning the question is, will the Celtics get rid of him before the January 1st deadline, meaning that it will be somebody else that's going to have to basically accept taking that dark cloud of $12 million being added to their payroll, or will the Celtics opt to basically cut him and just give him that $14.5 million for him to walk away in some sort of fashion to then save that $12 million, $12 million for their own pockets. Uh, uh, two things before giving word uh, to Kevin. Uh, first, to read the uh, contracts for uh, that I have for 2022-23. Uh, Jason Tatum, uh, $30.3 million. Uh, Al Horford, you mentioned, and you broke down his contract, $26.5 million. He will be expiring contract the next season. Um, so will be valuable in potential trades. Uh, Jalen Brown, 28.74 million, uh, and his clock is ticking. We will talk about Jalen Brown and uh, his rumors in the second se- in the, as a second uh, uh, segment in the um, first hour. Uh, so Jalen Brown, 28.7 million, Marcus Smart, 17.2 million, Josh Richardson, 12.2 million. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is free agent, um, unrestricted. Romeo Langford 5.6, Robert Williams 10.7, Aaron Naismith 3.8, Ines Cantor free agent, Grant Williams 4.3, Ball Ball free agent, Peyton Pritchard 2.2 uh, million, uh, PJ Dozier, Bruno Fernando, Jabari Parker, uh, Gershon Yabuseli, all free agents. Um, now we have two. Uh, uh, two uh, qualifying offer guys, uh, Sam Hosier and Broderick Thomas, two-way contracts, 1.5 million qualifying offer guys. And the others, uh, uh, the other players that we use this season are uh, free agents. 
Alfaro Camino, Joe Johnson, CJ Miles, Justin Jackson, Norvell Pele, Demetrius Jackson, Cap Holt. We have still Cap Holtz on Demetrius Jackson. Uh, to sum that up, like I said, 141.78 million. To answer the two questions that uh, we have been asked uh, frequently um, uh, at the page and uh, in the chat, uh, what do you think the Celtics are going to do at the trade deadline? I think that uh, we will see, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Celtics get under the luxury tax this season, and we will see the Celtics to make the moves on the margins of their roster, probably, uh, to help uh, the Celtics more in the future seasons than present. Uh, that aren't part of the team's rotation and future probably is a priority, while adding some shooting uh, help uh, that has some uh, team control beyond this year is probably a play as well. In other words, we will not add the shooter uh, having expiring contract at the end of this season, but uh, the shooter that is having contract for the next year also. Um, more than anything else, setting a team up to have maximum flexibility for moves this summer and the next summer, probably the biggest objective. Uh, how much Brad Stevens is willing to take away from the presence uh, after the strong January by this group remains intriguing question. He said, Brad Stevens, that uh, the uh, results will not impact uh, his will to build uh, the, championship content the championship contending team. Uh, I certainly hope so. Uh, Brad's radio interview uh, uh, this week didn't do much to see the light di directly from the ownership. It seems like the goal is to, to get under the luxury tax again. Uh, this is becoming uh, frustrated for the fans, especially after being promised uh, fire, fire, fireworks uh, nearly a decade ago. So uh, what is your sense how the deadline goes down from tax perspective? Yeah, I think that getting under the tax is one of several priorities that the Celtics will have at the trade deadline. Like I said, there is added uh, incentive for teams uh, hovering around the tax to go, go under the tax since the payout for non-tax teams will be bigger than ever. Uh, the payout for non-tax teams like the Celtics will be around 10 million per team. This is the uh, money from the tax uh, from the tax paying teams and the non tax paying teams sharing that uh, sum of money around 10 million. So due to uh, due to the franchises like the Nets, Warriors, uh, and the others uh, uh, being uh, uh, tens of millions into the tax for mediocre teams uh, like the Celtics, it's, it's tough to convince the ownership that it is worth giving up tens millions of dollars uh, in order to keep uh, Juancho Gernan Gomez or, or injured ball ball around. And the fans must accept that. Um, with what I said, the Celtics have some valuable ways to add the roster. For example, we have numerous trade exceptions. Kevin will uh, add on that later, uh, including 17 million on TPE and uh, that can't really help much this season if Boston is, is uh, th those exceptions cannot help us this season if, if Boston is not willing to go into the tax. 
so forget about it. But the key to watch here is the next season. In my mind, if you don't think the Celtics can co- contend this season, and, and I don't. So if the Celtics are able to reinvest those savings and money uh, that we will receive uh, for the, uh, to spend more the next season in hopes to establish themselves as a contender, that should be welcome uh, development. Uh, if that doesn't happen, uh, fans have the right to be fired because uh, if the uh, management is stagnant this year and the next year, we will lose Jalen Brown and we will lose all the veterans and the Celtics will be ir- irrelevant. The clock is ticking. The clock on Brown is ticking. We have two years, but realistically speaking, uh, we can trade him uh, in the next year, until the next uh, year's trade deadline, uh, Feb- February 10th. So what will happen to the Celtics, we will see, but uh, uh, the clock is ticking. We must all have that in mind. Kevin, excuse me for not giving you words, but uh, we have a lot of things to to, 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 to clear out. So uh, what is your opinion about the salary cap projections and luxury tax threshold projections? Um, this, this is why, <clears throat> because we got the trade exceptions, this is why a trade, something yep. has to happen on this trade deadline, okay? Um, something has to happen during the offseason, through the draft, through the free agency. Something has to happen because you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to waste the trade exceptions at all. Uh-huh. You want to get something uh-huh. for, for, for those. Um, so that's the that's the key to that right there. Now, the thing about it is they did get underneath the underneath the, the uh, exception, so they have to pay that tax. But the thing about thing also we have to realize is that this is this is the first time we. I mean, we've heard so many rumors about somebody leaving, somebody going, somebody's getting traded. <clears throat> who's coming to Boston? Who's not coming to Boston? I'm. Um, Brad uh-huh. Stevens has did an excellent job. And not not letting out anything. Where if this was Danny Ainge, you probably heard Danny Ainge make a comment about something, and and it alluded to whoever, whatever, you know. So it's really hard to 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 figure, to figure out which way Boston's going um, by February 10th or by the end of the year. Um, mm-hmm. We we know right now that Boston's not favored to win the NBA final, not to win the NBA t- title this year. Okay. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it can't happen. Like like Kevin Garnett said, anything is possible. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the cap is concerned, I think that we definitely have to make some moves, and we definitely need to find out who, um, who's going where and who's coming back. Um, Al Harford's contract is really in question about where we're going to go with him. Um, but I do think that um, if Al stays – Next year, um, it's a possibility that they may ask him to take a pay cut. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because if Boston's looking to do something next year with the money they have and with the salary cap they have coming to them, um, this off season is a great way is a great way to start. Even if you do it um, this year, um, playoffs. I mean, doing the um, also, I mean to the trade that when the trade comes up, if you can see them making a move. Um, for the future, 
and they may say to, to Al, you know, we want you to stay around because you'll be a vital part, maybe come off the bench for us, because now that's he's a veteran that we don't need to worry about um, if we can get another veteran or not because we have him on the bench um, to come off the bench if we were to trade for another starter. Okay, so that, that, that alleviates one veteran right there who can play the second unit, which he will be just as good as anybody's second unit um, in the NBA, actually, in my opinion. Um, so they could go to him and ask him for a pay cut. Um, and I think that Al will probably – he probably would do it uh, for the simple fact that they're showing an effort of trying to get ready to win next year, um, per se, and give them a good chance of being, you know, one, two, three, three seed next year. Um, so that right there I, 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 I kind of get. And the salary cap, and, and I don't know if – are they looking for another TV deal coming up, um, or did they already have the one? Um, because I think there's another one. I think this one expires in 24-25, okay? And I believe they um, – Last deal they got twenty four billion. I think the next TV deal they're looking to get seventy five billion. So guys, twenty four twenty four twenty five is is a little ways off. But um, if you look at the roster, and and Daniel, if you get a chance, if you could look at the roster that we would have at twenty four twenty five, where would we be sitting at with um, money wise as far as salary cap is concerned? Because 20, if you, uh, if twenty four twenty five. Uh, for 24-25, uh, we have Jason Tatum, 34.8 million, Svarko Smart, 19.20 million, uh, Robert Williams, 12.4, Aaron A. Smith, uh, he is having uh, the team qualifying offer, uh, 7.8, uh, Peyton Pritchard qualifying offer, 5.9 million, uh, we will be 67.23 million uh, with those two qualifying offers. Uh, that can uh, go down uh, for about uh, mm, 13 million. So, yeah, we will have uh, salary cap in right now for 2024 right. so, 25 million. So, if, 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 so, if Boston tries to make a run at this thing next year, okay, 22 23 season, so now they can, they can look at what they're going to, they can look at what they're going to have in 24 25. And they can kind of push the money out that far because if they, if if the NBA gets a new uh, TV deal, which is right around seventy five billion dollars, um, I don't know I don't know how many how much that is per team, um, but you probably would think it might be. Hmm, I don't know. It, it, I don't I don't I don't know. I'm not good with math like that. But it would be a nice little piece of change they would get also. So we're looking at um, 22-23 season is being competitive. Um, with the Celtics. Now, my only issue is this rumor about Jalen Brown coming out saying that, you know, if this doesn't yeah, work, we'll talk he wants to it. leave. But, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that that's kind, of, that's kind of weird right now because, it, to me, it doesn't really make any sense because I think they already see the handwriting on the wall. I think they already know what – they already know what's going to happen. Um, when you had Marcus Smart make a comment that, you know, he pulled everybody aside and told him, you know, how much he – Period about them, things like that. I think the handwriting's on the wall. Then Marcus Smart might end up going. But again, um, salary cap wise, we did some things. Um, trade the, tra- the three trade exceptions we got. We definitely got to use them. Um, 
use one of them probably by um, trade deadline and use the other two um, the off season to get whatever they got to get because you don't want to waste those. You know what I'm saying? And even though Danny Ainge didn't get what he really wanted last year with the trade trade exceptions at All Star break, something's better than nothing. So that's just that's my my point right there. Uh, great stuff, uh, Daniel. Uh, something to add on our sub subject um, here before we go to uh, short audio for the first hour that we prepared. Well, again, you know, just trying to, you know, reiterate what we've been trying to get everybody to like uh, see, you know, kind of like jump on the bandwagon with us the last few weeks in this situation, in this case that this is exactly why, you know, we've been kind of like saying, as Kevin just said, the um, the importance of why something has to get done at the trade deadline in this situation, specifically when you're looking at the contracts of guys like Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, Al Horford, and some of these other guys, you know, you're not looking at anything, ladies and gentlemen, towards 2023, 2024, or 2024, 2025, because there's no way of knowing who Brad Stevens is going to sign by that time in this situation that can make the numbers go up, make the numbers go down in this situation and all of that in this case. It's really basically who are you going to have basically after this summer that could basically make it where all the contracts are aligned. You know, that's let's just say it like this. That's what some of these other teams, the really big market teams, have all done at times when they really go on those big shopping sprees to get some of those top players to come. Like, what do you think Brooklyn did to get, you know, these guys to come to Brooklyn when they ended up getting Durant and Kyrie? They had everything aligned to make sure they had all the cap space they could get to get those two guys to be able to sign without a problem in this case. That is what that's the chance you have right now if you basically can make the trades needed to be made to make sure your contracts can all expire at the same time. Brad Stevens has a shot because the way the rumors are going, there are teams that are looking to take players from the Celtics to the Celtics, even though you're not like one of those top teams, you guys, and you know, and I'm referring to you're not a number one seed, you're not a number two, not a number three, not a number four. Right now, You're, you're, you know, you're down there in the playing tournament as the number eight seed in this situation, yet you've still done good enough this season to make other teams interested in your players at this point, which means, in this case, that you've got the ability, if you want to do it, to actually get the job done and move the contracts needed to be moved to set yourself up to actually do some sort of work, whether it be in the off season this season or even in the off season next season in this case, to get the next star you need to join forces with Brown and Tatum in this case. Or, you know, if you're worried about, you know, the situation with Brown, which of course we'll get into that, in, you know, in a moment, to, to maybe make, you know, make, make it where you get two stars in this case. But still, it all comes down to that, to that thing I was just saying. In this case, are you willing to make the moves to get the job done in this situation and actually make the sacrifices? If you're not willing to sacrifice the players you got because you got too much loyalty in you in this case, you're never going to basically take the next step. 
Danny Ainge showed he was willing to do it back then. He had to get rid of a guy like Al Jefferson, who the fans loved back then in this situation, in order to get Garnett in this case. He was the key piece in this situation. You were not going to get Garnett if he wasn't willing to give up Jefferson back then. Will Brad Stevens be willing to show he has it in him to get rid of the piece that basically the Celtic fans are in love with right now if it means getting basically a, a, a superstar to come back whether it be this season, next or ne- next season, or in the off season after that. Okay, we are going to a uh, short audio for uh, the first hour. Then uh, we have another subject. Products can cost you the health of your face, skin, and eyes, or scar you for life. Real products are tested for safety. Buy the brand. Protect yourself. This message is brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council and the United States Patent and Trademark Office. You're smart. Buy smart. Go for real. Go for real. Go for real. And it's time for a Chevrolet Sports Central update. Celtics hosting the Hornets. Hornets came in here a couple weeks ago, took it to the Seas. Different story tonight. Pick it up in the fourth. Seas up six. Josh Richardson hits another three. I say another. He was six of eight from behind the line side. He was on fire. Now just under six minutes to play. Tatum drives to the hoop, gets the floater. Not a huge night for Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, which was probably a good sign for the Celtics. That puts him up nine, but the Hornets, just like they did the last time, they kept fighting and clawing P.J. Washington. He hits a three to make it a one-point game. And then after the Celtics get a two, here comes Terry Rozier. He hits the three to tie the game. And maybe Celtics fans are saying, here we go again, but nope, not tonight. Jason Tatum got to the line, hit two free throws, and then a big defensive play as uh, Robert Williams closes here on P.J. Washington. He blocks the three, and that's pretty much it. Celtics go on to win 113-97. Here's Ime Odoka with reaction. Yeah, I mean, fighting through some adversity, and, you know, I'd, I'd like to see us be a little sharper at times, both ends. Uh, and not avoid, you know, being in those situations and, and giving them the run back. But uh, we did show signs of adversity. Obviously, Jason and Jalen drew a huge crowd tonight. It was evident that they were trying to take them out of the game, and they trusted their guys. And so you have Jay Rich and Marcus Grant hitting a bunch of threes. Those two and nine to six assists uh, making the right play, and that's what's going to take some nights. It's not always going to be a night scoring when they're trying to stop you. Trust your teammates, right? make the right play, and shots went in tonight. All right. Gamblers, don't freak out. I just misspoke. It was 113 to 107. So it was yeah. six-point Celtics victory. And, Mike, I think they're playing much better. I, I, to me, this was a, a marked improvement from the last time we saw yep. Charlotte come in here. They stood up. The Charlotte kept punching. They stood up to it, made winning plays late, which they had struggled with, with so much this season. And so I think they're playing the, their best ball of the year, and it looked like a little bit of a different team from the last time these two teams met. That's exactly right. You know, the, the old uh, cliche, the NBA cliche was, hey, if you've got a lead, every team is going to make a run at you. That's not true. Now with the three ball and everybody being able to make it or, or teams taking even if they can't make it like the Celtics, they have two or three runs they'll make at you. And if you, if you can withstand them, 
then you got a shot to win it. And, and early in the season, frankly, the Celtics couldn't. If you had one run at them, they got a big lead, you, you, you got your run on them, that was it. They collapsed. And that happened several times tonight. They'd go up eight, Charlotte would come back. They'd go up ten, they were up ten in the third quarter. Charlotte came back, and they'd go up five, Charlotte came back, and the Celtics just kept hustling. And what I really liked was the hustle, some of the hustle players. Marcus Smart, I thought, played a great game tonight. He was terrific Josh Richardson, you mentioned him uh, making some big shots, and he's a streaky guy. Well, the streak is going the right way right now. And I thought Grant Williams uh, off the bench. Their, their bench really gave them something tonight when, when Jalen and, and Jason weren't really on their game. Yeah, and their bench, you know, such as it is, it's an eight-man rotation. I mean, Udoka is just pounding the big rotation guys, the kids. You don't even see them. And so what do you think's up with that, Mike? Are they – are they showcasing Richardson, Shooter, Horford, guys like that? Is that what they're trying to do? Or are they were saying, you know what, we're playing well, yeah. we need these wins, we want to get out of the playing tournament, and so let's just go. I think that's it. I don't think you have to showcase those guys because the league knows what it has in, in Dennis Schroeder and, and Josh Richardson. It's, it feels like this, you know, early in, early in his uh, career, I mean his coaching career, because it's not that long, Ime Udoka said, all right, Let's give, let's give these guys a shot. Or no, he started off saying, I don't want to give these guys a shot. He didn't trust Pritchard. He didn't trust, uh, trust Neesmith. And then he started to play him. And I don't think he liked what he saw. Yeah. And now he's pulling back again. You know, I think that's really what the story is. Let's just look at one more thing. Tatum getting this technical in the fourth quarter. Cause there was, this was a moment here where you said, uh oh, you know, this is the bad Celtics that we saw this year. There's a turnover. Tatum hits ball in the head. I don't know who he's upset about. He tosses the talcum powder. And he gets teed up. And then what, what I don't get is how he was really sort of complaining to the ref. Like, you don't understand why he teed you up. They don't want you chucking the baby pot or whatever that is. <laughs> the baby you know, pot. Across That'd the floor. Funny. Like, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory. They don't want you doing that. Yeah, I mean, do that. Uh, you can't, you know, obviously, you know, you can't throw the basketball. Now, you can't throw anything. But I think he was frustrated most of the night. One, uh, the three-point is now he's back to three-point shot w- wasn't really falling tonight. He had a lot. He had a couple that went in and out, a couple that was just off. Uh, shot wasn't really there. So, uh, you know, he didn't get a couple of calls that, that he really wanted. So, I think this is just a culmination of many Well, things. so the good news for the Celtics is that they had other guys that picked him up, which was not happening earlier in the year. Uh, live again. Uh, Kevin, I want to, uh, to ask you, uh, what do you think about that uh, tech from Jason? Uh, I mean, can somebody from the Celtics organization uh, speak with Jason Tatum? Can somebody... Uh, tell him that uh, what he is doing uh, is wrong and uh, he should stop with it, okay? I mean, uh, because he's the leader and the Celtics team is following uh, his lead. Uh, many, many times uh, in the uh, last two seasons, this season and uh, last season especially, uh, the team uh, had meltdown after Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown uh, got... Uh, uh, technical uh, fouls because of complaining after some missed calls and or on or, or or non calls. Again, in my opinion, uh, this is why the team should have captain because, in my opinion, captain is the one with the high uh, reputation, uh, uh, you know, among the officials, uh, and captain is the one who should complain to the official. And in this case, uh, it's Ime Yudoka. Uh, so it's not uh, Jason Tatum because 
Tate is the best player, and we rely on Jason Tatum uh, very much, uh, especially on the offense. So, uh, I mean, the team, uh, like Felder said, uh, didn't um, didn't perform uh, the disappearing X after you know that technical uh, foul, which is good. But uh, do you think that uh, Jason Tatum should stop with it? Uh, he cannot hear me, so Danny, okay. the same question. Hello. Okay. Hello. Say, Kevin. Uh, yeah, we can hear you. I was okay. asking you okay. about uh, Jason Tatum tech foul. Uh, do you think that he should stop with it? Um, because yeah, he he's gotten a couple, um, just recently, and I think he's, I think he's a little frustrated with his his, his game. But what he needs to understand is that the team, the team's playing better now, and they're making the shots that need to be made so that he don't have to take every shot. So I can see him. I see him. I can see him a little frustrated right there um, with the mellow thing. Um, but I guess it just was a reaction of him um, getting mad at himself, not getting mad at the foul. Um, but I think that I think if you if you're all star. I think if you're LeBron James, you get away with that, okay? Um, and maybe Jason's not there just yet. But it was comical. I was like, yo, what is he doing? But I kind of, you know, he, he I could, he was a little frustrated of the foul, but he was more frustrated, I think, because of of the shot that he missed um, prior to that. So I get it, but uh-huh. he got to understand that he needs to be able to be – he needs to be accessible to be on the field. Um, him and Jason – I mean, him and um, um, Jalen cannot afford to get techs. Um, and they both, and if I'm not mistaken, I think both of them got a tech in that game um, last night or night before last, if I'm not mistaken. And mm-hmm. they got to be, they got to be aware of that. Now, um, I don't agree with them not having no team captain. That's, that's, to me, that just doesn't make any sense. I think um, they should have made Al Harford the team captain because he's been there before. He's a little bit more mature. And he has, he has, I guess he has a better understanding of how to talk to the referees because, you know, there's some referees out there that feel like um, Jason and Jalen um, think they're above the law when it comes to certain things like that. So I think you, you, you know, you, you, you should have gave it to Al Harford. Um, I, I would like to see Marcus Smart have it, but I think if you give Marcus the, the leadership as being the team captain. Um, I think that causes more problems than anything else because he's going to be more outspoken than he's been before. And, and I, you know, I think sometimes you just don't want that on your team because that's not good for your team. So I get it. Um, I understand it. But he just has to be able to curtail his attitude because only, things are only going to get get worse as they get, as they get if they get better because, you know, there still are some referees out there that just won't give Boston – any um, leeway, and we know who those referees are. We're not going to even speak of them because they might be listening to the show and they tell us we don't know what we're talking about. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to leave their names anonymous. But um, I think, I mean, it, it. they need to be conscious about it because they get, they're getting too many right now, you know. And, 
And I just think that, you know, and there should be somebody on that team that should be able to set him, set him down and say, yo, look, we're winning right now. Um, we're in a good we we're in a good place. Let's keep let's keep the momentum going. But you cannot afford to get technical fouls. And then I would show him I would show him the plays. Also, I would you know get on. I would sit him down, show him the plays. I'm like, yo, did you really need to get a tech on this one? Did you really need to get a tech on that? Now, do Jason get do do Jason do Jason get enough fouls called on him? No, he doesn't. Um, they're coming, but they're not coming like they should be coming. Um, he's getting a little bit more respect than he did before, but. Again, that may that may that may be um, something that the league sees or the other coaches see that to make him frustrated because he's not going to get this call, so he may act a certain way. So he 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 can't let them he can't let them get into his head like that. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully he, we won't see that issue no more. Okay, Daniel, the same question. What do you think about audio and uh, the subject here? Well, exactly what Kevin said in this situation, that in this case, Tatum has got to realize he and Brown are the leaders of this team, and they're the ones having to set the example in this case. And, you know, for one, the league is going to look at something like that, knowing that, for one, he did it in an area where, you know, yeah, he took he took the, the baby powder, you know, container and, and threw it right down to the ground. But he did it in an area where he was right next to the fans, for one. You know, and Tatum obviously, you know, took to social media and, you know, ended up posting a, a message basically where, you know, he was responding to uh, one of the fans trying to say, you know, a free pair of sneakers basically on me the next time you come to the arena because he ended up getting the powder all over one of the fans' sneakers in this case. You know, so the fans just kind of turned to white from the color it was, you know, they were originally in this case. But, you know, <laughs> literally in this case, you know, you, you know, if, if it's just baby powder right now in this in this situation, you never know. Things could easily turn, you know, go the wrong way. You never know the thing bounces and goes in the wrong direction. You put the fan at risk in this case and what ends up happening at that point. You know, and you know the league is not is not going to really uh, play easy with you. And plus, you know the other issue is, you know he's at eight technical fouls already for the season. That's halfway to the limit before you start getting suspended. In this case, um, you know obviously it's two per game in this situation. The fact that you know the bigger thing was they gave him the technical for that. Out, you know, and the, the official that was near him didn't give him the technical. It was a, it was an official further away who made the call. And then right after he got the call, he went over to the official, kind of like you know, kind of like complaining about it, trying to discuss the, the situation. And we all know how those type of discussions can end up going, depending on what referee you get and what type of mood they're in in this situation, whether they got a you know, a short temper or one of those officials who can basically, you know, show that they're calm and they're willing to, you know, talk things over. If you get one of those officials who doesn't like the Celtics or has a short temper, he could have easily gotten another technical for going over to talk to the ref in this case and gotten kicked out of that game right then and there. And, you know, we're talking about the end of the game, ladies and gentlemen, when the Celtics were still in the midst of trying to win the game because the game wasn't decided at that point. And, of course, Tatum played a critical role in, in, in sealing the game down the stretch. What happens if the Celtics don't have Jason Tatum the last minute or so, in this case, in that game? 
you could have easily ended up losing that game to the Hornets in this situation because he decided to basically not only throw the powder, but then basically go to the referee and try to hope that the referee would overturn it because he basically wasn't happy that the call was made to begin with. You know, so I'm, you know, I, 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 I've been debating the fans, the members of our group, trying to tell them that this guy has to learn to calm down a bit. Not only because he's got to set the example for the younger generation of Celtic players like E. Smith, Pritchard, Lankford, and all of that in this case, and at the same time, Smart and Horford, who are the older generation compared to him, they're the ones that got to learn to go over to him and literally pull him away from the ref whenever he does lose his temper and tell him, you know, get your ass away from the referee and get back down the court in this situation and focus on the game. In this case, get your head back into, you know, position because, you know, someone like LeBron might, might actually do that to one of his teammates if he sees that the game is on the line in this situation, you know. But at the same time, you really need to get him to learn, you know, if you still got the lead at that point, why risk getting yourself kicked out of the game if one point is not really going to basically hurt you, but getting yourself kicked out of the game will, you know, and he could very well, especially, you know, because as they, as they all say, after the game is over, you're not going to get that, that 16th tech, you know, the, the league could look at it and get and say, okay, we're going to rescind the technical foul, but for sure they're not going to rescind it after seeing you throw something down to the ground and it nearly hits a fan in this situation in the, in the, in the, in the seats in this case. But those, you know, like I said, those technical fouls, they keep adding up in this situation. And come playoff time, it's not like they eliminate every technical foul you had during the regular season. No, they keep counting them up in this situation. And what happens if, let's say, round one, game seven, you're playing the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving, let's say, and he can't play because he got a technical foul in game six. You know, right then and there, you could be basically losing your chance to get past the Brooklyn Nets if you even if you have a legitimate shot, all because he got a technical foul because he couldn't control his temper. You know, so I've been trying to get fans to realize, you know, he, he could be his own worst enemy if this brother doesn't learn how to control his temper and re, really realize in this situation that there are bigger things in this situation other than fighting over a darn a darn, a darn foul call. Right now, like you said, Kevin, he's not in the same stratosphere as LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and all these other guys in this case. And so you're not going to get the same calls as those guys. You're going to have to live with it at this point and wait until you basically make it into that same league as them before the officials give you the same calls. Hey, hey, oh. Daniel, are you for real that somebody, that the person that he spilled the powder on said he's going to have to buy them another pair of sneakers? Well, no, Tatum was the one that actually ended up um, putting up that post. He literally put the picture of it uh, in this situation. Um, <laughs> there was a picture of the of the guy with the fall of his his thumb shoes in this case, and Tatum retweeted it and basically said, "My bad, <laughs> uh, you know, a brand new pair of sneakers on me the next time you come to the arena." So Tatum actually received at least that shows some sort of progress on Tatum's part that he was willing to admit that he was in the wrong in this situation and that he's willing to at least pay for the guy to get a new pair of shoes in this case. But still, he's basically showing that he does still have some childish behavior. Unfortunately, you got fans in our group that are willing to say that they're willing to accept this type of behavior, even if it means costing us some games. You know, I'm going to say this. 
the way these fans are acting right now in the NBA, um, if you're sitting on that front row, you need to sign some type of disclosure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? After what Melo went through um, and all that stuff, I, I, I'm, I'm just saying, because it's getting carried away. I mean, I know we're joking about this, but if you sit there, if you sit there close to the game, um, you can, you should, should you gonna, you shouldn't, you should expect some things to happen to you. Like people that sit down there and they run, and the guy runs into them and spills the beer all on them. You know, you can't get mad at him because you chose the bottle seats. So you, the consequences is you sit there and you get whatever you get, even though you're getting a live experience of being up close. Then you got to deal with the consequences also of whatever happens to you. You know, that's like, like. It's, just, it's the same thing as going to Disney World, go see the whales, and they tell you, if you sit up front in this row right here, you're going to get wet. And people do it anyway and get wet, and they get wet. You know what I'm saying? So that I just I, I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm old school when it comes to that, I guess. But that it was comical that he, that he said, my bad, I'll buy you some brand-new shoes. That's, that's comical. I wouldn't even respond to that. Because if, you can up, if you can sit up front, you can buy your own shoes. Uh, <laughs> uh, great, great stuff, uh, guys. Uh, the end of uh, our one uh, for our two, uh, we have serious discussion about uh, what uh, Kevin mentioned, and uh, that is uh, uh, the article from uh, Steve Gulpet. And by the way, in the block two, if I'm correct, Daniel, we are just right now going to hear Mr. Steve Gulpet. Uh, himself, uh, and uh, uh, he will explain what does uh, he mean uh, with uh, the article uh, at heavy.com, and that article is saying uh, Jalen Brown could seek uh, June divorce if the team falters. Uh, so let's hear block two, then uh, we will, be, we will uh, come back and uh, we will uh, discuss here, what does that mean for the Celtics? Stay with us. Uh, we will be back uh, in 20 minutes. From the Celtics Lab podcast, and it was, I don't know, an hour after your story about Jalen Brown dropped, and I was asked about it, and I said, listen, you know, if, if anyone writes anything about the Celtics, the, the sort of mantra among C's fans or talking heads over, over decades at this point, over the last several years has been, okay, but who wrote it? Who wrote it? And, you know, even if it was a, a very reliable national correspondent, you know, could have been Woj, could have been Shams, could have been Stein, could have been, you know, whomever, like you name it. It was always, yeah, but is, has Bullpet said anything about this yet? So when you wrote this article about Jalen Brown, which for anyone that, anyone that didn't get a chance to see it on heavy.com, it's, it's kind of a, you know, if this, then that sort of concept. You know, the, the headline was sources Celtics Jalen Brown could seek June divorce if team falters. And, of course, the big line that caught people's attention, multiple sources have told Heavy.com that absent the team getting its act together, which, by the way, it has, you know, right now, but absent the team getting its act together and playing more to its potential, Brown could be the one to acknowledge that the mix isn't right and seek a move now. There are a number of different things about this that I think we could get into that I think are interesting, but just overall, I mean, do you feel like in, in your reporting and talking to the people that you have that, Anything in terms of unhappiness from Jalen Brown and his camp is imminent. No, I mean, that was the point is that, you know, and I, 
look, in, in terms of presentation of the story, you know, have I thought about it a thousand times since it was posted? Sure. You know, I mean, the most important thing is getting your points across, getting them received properly. You know, it's, 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 it's up to me to make sure it gets read properly. And, you know, there's some question here whether I did it properly or not. Um, the, the idea here, and, I, and again, started off with that Jalen Brown, this is what he wants to work here. But there have been frustrations uh, over the course of the year. And the reason I even got to this story is you know, I'm talking to people across the league. Obviously, that's, that's basically the job. There's, there are two phones sitting right there, and, they, you know, and I make calls, and they ring. And that's basically the job. You know, I mean, and, and there are other people, a lot of other people around the league doing the same thing that I'm doing. Um, but when you're getting calls about Jalen Brown, you know, what kind of guy is he, how is he to deal with? Um, and then you say, okay, well, where's this coming from? And they say, well, there's a belief around the league that, uh, that was communicated to me that, you know, Jalen Brown might be available. And then, okay, well, further, okay, it might be available when? And, it's, and what, it, what came back then was most likely, if at all, around the draft. Well, and so why are you calling now? Because maybe, you know, these are teams that, that would that covet Jalen Brown that figure, hey, look, maybe maybe we should get in on this now or try to or see what we're going to have to do. And in one case, a GM told me, hey, you got to start preparing for these things because you have to be able to move fast if they if they show up. And um, so, yeah, so it, it, that's that's where the. You know, these people weren't getting this idea out of nowhere, out of thin air, these, these teams around the league. And upon further investigation, it was like, yeah, there was a point where I think everyone will understand that everyone around the Celtics was terribly frustrated with this team and the way it was playing. You know, I mean, that, that hero ball, the one-on-one stuff, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure on your shows there were a thousand people you know, uh, calling up to decry what was going on. And uh, so, yeah, that's, you know, that's the, that's the basic germ of it. I can get into yeah. it further, but go ahead, please. Well, I was going to say, I think, you know, to me, the most interesting angle, because, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's like, it's human nature, right? It's kind of common sense that, 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 you know, you could look at anybody in any walk of life and say, man, if like, if, if they're not happy, they may look for a different situation, right? Like at, putting it just at its, at its most like basic, truest form. But what's really interesting here is, you know, all the commentary over really the last couple of years surrounding the season, they've been up and down this roller coaster of, you know, ride of, of, of health or COVID or, or not playing well, inconsistencies, all of it has always been you know, former players or, or media people or execs, but you got to split up the Jays, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can't coexist. You know, they're, they're redundant. They, they don't belong together. You know, there's a better way to build this team and, and on and on and on. This is what we've always heard. This is what people have said, but where it typically hasn't come from is, you know, one of these guys is upset and may want out. And it's not like it's this new concept at by any means. And what is largely a, a players run league, you know, you could think of a thousand examples in very recent history, whether it's, you know, Lillard right now in Portland, obviously Ben Simmons in, in Philadelphia, James Harden going back to Houston, you know, 
Kevin Durant not long ago, Kyrie Irving here. Like there, I mean, there are so many superstars, LeBron even, like guys that are unhappy that want to change the scenery. But we've never really talked about Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown that way, just because, you know, really in, in, until now, there, there haven't been those little, those little tidbits, those little crumbs of information that say, you know what, like this, this is a path, even though these guys are under contract, one of them may want to take sooner than later. I, I guess I would just wonder, you know, what's your view of, of how well these guys can coexist and take this team where they want it to be and where the team wants it to be versus one of them, even at a young age and again, being under contract still could get a little fed up and say, you know what, I, I do have some power despite having a contract and I'm going to exercise it. Look, I think that these two guys, A, should want to stay together and B, should flourish together. And C, the fact that they haven't yet is is mind-boggling to me. And trust me, it's mind-boggling to people around the Celtics as well. I mean, uh, I go back to the conference finals in 2018, Game 7. The Celtics have the Cavaliers on the garden floor. The, the Cavaliers uh, were looking – I don't think they wanted to go and face Golden State because they knew what was <laughs> going to happen. And interestingly, as I've written a, a bunch before, uh, that the, the Warriors were rooting hard for the Cavaliers that day. You know, and this is the Celtic team without Gordon Hayward, who's been injured the entire year since game one, without Kyrie Irving, who was out for the year at that point. The, the, the Warriors did not want to face those Celtics. They were much more uh, of a threat to them as in their eyes than were the Cavaliers. And the Celtics botched up that game by, and again, I'll say it, it's not guys being jerks. It's guys saying, hey, give me the ball. I'll go make a play. I'll take responsibility. I'll go do this. And that just, it threw the team off. It, it, it killed them. And it, it's killed them in, at different points. Ever since that, you look at playoffs and, you know, a couple of years ago, the conference finals, you know, did they get caught in a little bit of hero ball? Well, everyone around the team, their coach was saying, you know, so the this from Brad now to Ime to the people around in the the organization before the other coaches, they've been trying to get these guys to play more team ball and not just them, everyone. You know, not just those two guys, but understanding the value to them. And you see when they play the right way, how well it works, which makes it crazy that they don't do it all the time like they're doing it now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm not one of those that says, you know, uh, Jason Tatum, he's just pounding the ball. This is crazy. You know, he's got to give the ball up. If I'm the Celtics, I want the ball in Jason Tatum's hands as much as possible. But I want it in his hands after he's passed and cut and in a position to catch the ball and finish a play with a dribble or two maybe, but catch and shoot, you know, as a finisher, both these guys. And, again, this is stuff I've written for the Herald over the years and, you know, uh, tweeting. And it's just – it's crazy. I think, I think you'd agree when you see how well they can play when they play that kind of basketball it's crazy to think, why don't they do it all the time? As it was put to me by a Celtic person, there's not a player on this team that hasn't expressed his frustration at some point this year. Okay? And if you're talking about spinning your wheels, you know, there it is. But 
with regard to the two main pieces, I think, you know, they've realized all along and they've talked all along about, I mean, you remember Jalen Brown coming out and saying he has to, you know, find out how to work. Uh, he and Jason have to figure out how to work better together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think there's been a commitment with regards to that. You know, how long that holds is important. But I think um, to, to what you're saying about the frustration and all that, and it, it, I probably should have tried better to frame the story this way, because this is the point I was trying to get across, is that there is an urgency to what's happening right now, okay? That these guys, I, these guys want to be here and want to be Boston Celtics, and they're going to watch Kevin Garnett's number get retired, and they want to have that kind of success and be attached to a premier franchise in the, the, in the sport they play. But, you know, if it's not going to work, they don't want to be, you know, no one wants to be stuck in this situation, particularly, you know, ownership. You know, mm-hmm. they, it's, it's, patience is not going to be strong if this team isn't showing signs, okay? Uh, this ownership didn't get to be this ownership. This franchise didn't get to be this franchise by saying, yeah, we'll just kind of roll along with this here. They make moves. They don't just sit tight if things aren't going the way that they want. And the definition of success in Boston is, is quite different than the definition of success. And the thing that, that I'm just kind of coming back to more and more is with the Celtics scouting department, it's not that they can't recognize talent. They just kind of decide on the wrong talent to keep <laughs> and, the, and the wrong talent to let go. Uh, my, Miami got smashed. We know that. They lost by 30 points. But there's a kid by the name of Mr. Struess out there who yeah. was a Celtic on paper only. It yeah. never played a game for him. But he dropped nine threes. I don't give a damn what level you playing at. You hit nine threes, you are a baller. You are a and, – and t- the fact that you have a clear void in your roster, which is sh- shot making, mm-hmm. and a cat that you had on your, in your crew on paper drops nine threes, and we're not even going to talk about Desmond Bain. We ain't going to even bring him up. Well, I just did. Uh, and I know Gary Washburn, you had a chance uh, – Gary's shaking his head. I'm about to tee you up, Gary. I'm about to no, tee you up. you just did bring him up. Right. I, I, I just said that. that. I won't name. I ain't going to bring up all your mess-ups you did back three years ago. I ain't going to bring that up. You just did bring it up. I will bring that up. I will bring it up. The reason I was bringing him up, Gary Washburn, is because you had a chance to talk with him. Yeah. And, and, you, and, and I'm giving you the floor to let the peoples know what he had to say about obviously the, the all the talk about him and, and, and Boston and, and what could have should have been, you had a chance to talk to him about that. Oh yeah, yeah, he he's fully aware that. Um, I mean, obviously he was never a Celtic. Like Boston traded to pick the Memphis before the draft, but he's fully aware. One, he's definitely aware that they chose Neesmith over him. He pointed that out, and I think everybody knew. And these guys know their competition probably when they work out yeah. for teams and who they're working out with. And he knew that Neesmith and him were considered, quote-unquote, the best shooters in the draft. And he knew that they took Neesmith 14th and he fell to 30. And now Neesmith is um, 
trying to get How on you the floor. How you gonna put this, Gary? And and Desmond Bain, I think, dropped twenty eight last night at Philly. So um, I'll, you know what, Sherrod, I'm not gonna rip this over. The Struce thing is this. This is the problem with the Celtics, and it's it's not that like yeah, they gave up on Struce. One, they just botched the whole thing with with um, their two ways with Tremont and Taco. One, they kept Taco too long. It was nice. And I would have done it, too, because Taco sold jerseys. It's a marketing. Yo, yeah, I see more Taco now than any other Celtic when I turn on the damn Nothing TV against, show or Bella commercials. Nothing <laughs> against, like, Taco tried. It wasn't anything personal Taco. But yeah. if I'm a businessman and Taco's at Summer League and you was at that Summer League, Taco's for Summer League, right everybody's chanting his name, going nuts. Him. Yes, it was. It was. He was a Vegas star. Yeah. I would have kept him too, and, and saw what happened. It's just that that Tremont roster spot, because you give Taco the marketing aspect. Hey, we need to make some money. I ain't gonna tell Wick Grusbeck. Hey, Wick, don't try to make another five million dollars, or don't try, like. Hey, I ain't in his pocket. So if he says, Gary, you know, it's butts in the seats, butts in the seats up in Portland. Butts in the seats at Boston when Tremont was the one I felt like they wasted. And, and he's a good kid. He just wasn't ready. And maybe he will be. But Struce, remember, bounced around. He went to Chicago. The Bulls gave up on him for a minute. So it's not like Struce immediately became a star or a shooter. Now, if you look at a guy like Sam Hauser, the Celtics are trying to, okay, I think they're like, okay, listen, he's not ready. Okay, but give him a year or two, and he can maybe become a guy like Stu, where he's a, a pure shooter. Like we talked about last night, Miami does a great job at developing players. They do. Look at Gabe Vincent, who played last night. Caleb Martin, they brought in, is playing well. Literally, Struess, like Kyle Guy, like Miami. Miami makes good decisions on their roster, but they also go through a lot of guys too. They make mistakes right. like anybody else. But the Celtics, yeah, the Struess thing. Now that he hit nine threes, look, you're like, well, the social help. But first of all, it was two years ago. Struce went to Chicago. That didn't work out either. Then Miami, then he went to the G League and then worked his way. They were just patient with him, and it's paying off. The Celtics blew their two roster spots, two-way spots. I, now I think they're doing what they should do. They get a kid who looks like, okay, he's not ready to be a shooter yet, but give Hauser a year or two. That maybe not this time this season, but next season. I mean, not next season, but maybe you know, you 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 hold on and you give him a you you hope he competes for a roster spot next year, and then he can be that light up shooter because he's hit like eight or nine threes in the G League this year. Hauser's done well. It's just he's probably not ready for the NBA spotlight. So, but I do think teams like Miami are better at developing their players and make better decisions at picking some of their guys, quote-unquote, off the street than the Celtics are. Because if you look at it, Tremont Waters is not in the league. I think he signed, like, a 10-day hardship with Washington. Like, I don't think he's in the league. Tacos in the, back in the G League. Like, you don't want to sign G League. You don't want to sign two-way guys that, that aren't NBA, eventually NBA. You want to give them that year and a half or whatever and have them become a guy who can really help your bench. People ask why Jalen and Jason don't have help. It's because the Celtics haven't drafted well. Yeah. Carson Edwards is supposed to help them. 
Shimmy mm-hmm. was supposed to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tremont and Taco, like not those guys, but those slots yeah. were supposed to be of help. Mm-hmm. And they have it. And so everyone, well, why don't Jason and Jason have help? It is uh, player development has been uh, falling very short. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's going to force the Celtics to obviously try to try to jerry-rig this roster on the fly, you know, getting guys who you hope can fill the holes before they become craters, uh, essentially. Look, I love it when Jason Tatum is not glued to the three-point line. Yes, he was one for seven from three-point range tonight, but he did have a lot of quality looks at the basket. The same can be said for Jalen Brown. 0 for 3 from three-point range, but he got it going from the mid-range, used that athleticism to get to the basket, to get to the free-throw line, and six assists himself. There you see finding Grant Williams camped out in that corner. Excellent all-around game for Jalen Brown. Just how much better is this Celtics team when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't just scoring, but also facilitating in some ways out there on the floor? Well, look, you're better off overall when you're increasing the diversity of your offense. And, yes, Josh Richardson was excellent shooting the basketball all game, but Grant Williams had 12 points. A few of those came off of Tatum or Brown passes. You had Dennis Schroeder off the bench, limited minutes, but he had six points of his own like when these guys are keeping that ball moving trusting their teammates it makes this team that much more dangerous offensively and when you combine that with what we know they can do defensively they're going to win a lot of games playing that style of basketball i feel like there's a change happening with this celtics team right now i'm just saying i feel like just a little bit like they're kind of turning the corner man i know you're not as positive as i am i I want to be positive but i need (laughs) i need a couple of weeks all right i need a couple of weeks of stuff like this i need a couple weeks it's like it's charlie brown of the football, all right? You're yeah. just like kind of like, all right, here we go. Wins over Miami and Charlotte. Let's go. Then they, they lose to Detroit. Oh, man. Please. We'll get to that later. Don't even, put that, don't even put that problem. in the atmosphere. Okay, so we are back. Igor uh, with me, Kevin, and uh, we have our buddy, in this case, Lou, who is with us. In this case, Lou. Yes. I'm here, I'm here. All right, so welcome to the show, Lou, in this case. So, Igor, we are now going to discuss that uh, topic of uh, Jalen Brown and, again, uh, Steve Bopet. So I believe you had an article for that? Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Just just, uh, to find it because I uh, lost it uh, in a minute. Um, Anyway, uh, I just want to say, as introduction um, of main discussion uh, of the show, um, we informed you about um, <clears throat> salary cap and stuff. Um, uh, uh, but uh, the thing is, the people are uh, the Celtics fan bases uh, reacted. I want to say the Celtics uh, fan bases uh, reacted um, about this article of people fed. And by the way, you heard on Celtics beat our friend uh, Evan Valenti and uh, great Adam Kaufman um, the clarification. And I recommend you to listen to the Celtics beat uh, at CLNS Media uh, of uh, uh, Steve Bulpet and also uh, to listen uh, Gary Washburn there, Gary Washburn with uh, Sherrod Blakely. Uh, I mean, Gary Washburn said 
kind of stuff what we here have been saying guys uh, Kevin Andy Igor and Danny that uh, the Celtics are not doing good job developing the, the young guys um, and um, I mean this is one of the problems because in this league you cannot survive if you do not draft and do not uh, develop the guys well uh, of course the Celtics fans will say but we hit Brown we hit Smart we hit uh, Tatum in draft and developing uh, Robert Williams. Yes, great, but um, again, uh, it's not enough. And um, the young guys that we drafted are uh, stagnating, majority of them, and this is not good. About Jalen Brown, um, again, uh, the author of the text, Steve Bouffet, is covering the Celtics, as you heard in one of the audios from 1987. He's not uh, just ordinary reporter looking for the click bite. Everybody that is uh, thinking that Steve Bulpet is a click-bite uh, writer is one idiot. And everybody that was hitting Steve Bulpet, um, I mean, are not right. Because, again, uh, <clears throat> he is one of the most quote quoted uh, writers among uh, the Celtics uh, beat writers. Um, again, Adam Himmelsbach, Gary Washburn. Uh, Steve Bulpet, uh, those are the most reliable sources and the writers among the Celtics land. And now, um, the second fact is before reading the article, uh, Danny and Kevin, didn't, didn't we mention uh, why in our case, I think in our chat, we have been beating the dead horse, uh, talking that... Uh, uh, the Celtics management is too stagnant and the Celtics fan base, base is, uh, is accepting losing just like accepting uh, drinking coffee every day. It is not acceptable mm. for me, you know. They accepted mediocrity and losing just like uh, walking in the park every day. Uh, this is not acceptable in Boston. And... I don't think that the Celtics fans understand. Again, uh, you can be insulted as, as all as you want, but majority of the Celtics fans don't have a clue how NBA is working, um, do not accept uh, the distribution of the power, current distribution of the power in the NBA, and, uh, you know, they are too leisure and too relaxed. Like the, like the Celtics, uh, uh, Kendrick Perkins also said, and Robert Chief Parrish and a couple of Celtics legends. Anyway, here is the article. Uh, Steve Bulpet, Kevy.com, Kevy Sports, Kevy on Celtics. Sources. Celtics, Dylan yeah. Brown, could seek June divorce if team falters. Um, the Celtics' recent success may have calmed the waters but despite the club's repeated statement that um, Brown and Tatum uh, are not for sale and they are uh, committed to build around Tatum and Brown, at least two of those three sides are headed for major, major decisions in the coming months. The Celtics are said to be listed to all uh, of uh, fairs in advance of February 10th uh, deadline. Uh, quote, they are not in any position... So. I will, I will repeat, the Celtics are listening to all offers in the February 10th uh, trade deadline. All offers. Quote, they are not in any position to be closing doors. 
said one of the league executives. I will explain right now what does that mean. This means, for example, <clears throat> uh, Brad Stevens may publicly say, or some of the Celtics executives, uh, even though the Celtics uh, organization is acting like Cosa Nostra in uh, the last two years, uh, you must milk the statements from uh, uh, Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is giving rare interviews, if I'm correct, uh, only weekly in Sports Hub and a couple of those for Boston.com and that's it. So uh, if the Celtics organization is saying, okay, we are not trading Robert Williams, we are not trading Jason Tatum, we are not uh, trading Jalen Brown, as we heard before, okay? So <clears throat> Danny Ainge calls from Utah or, you know, Daryl Morey calls from Philadelphia asking about Jalen Brown. And Steven said, no, 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 we are not discussing that. And in June, hypothetically, Jalen Brown said, okay, I want to be traded. I'm out. I'm not happy here. So right now, Brad Stevens is calling those executives that he was hanging the telephone to them and saying, wait, 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 we changed our minds. You know, we are trading Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is available. He requested trade. Now, those executives will say, wait, no, no, no. Right now, we have changed our minds. You said we are not trading Brown. So right, right now... I'm not interested in Brown, okay? So that's what, what he meant by saying the Celtics are not in any position to be closing doors because for Brown, like I said, from this trade deadline, January, uh, February 10th, until the next trade deadline, um, clock is ticking. No matter what you think, the clock is ticking. He's entering the contract year. So... Uh, this summer or the next trade deadline are the two important days where uh, Jalen Brown uh, can be potentially traded. After the next trade deadline, February 10th, uh, when he enters the contract year, you should not expect any uh, significant return for Jalen Brown. Uh, but uh, bearing an unrefused offer, it's more, more likely... Um, that uh, fireworks will wait for July 4th. Right now, around the draft, is where you're going to see a lot of things happening. All over the league, said one of the stores uh, of the June 23rd uh, dispersal. So, most likely, around the draft, you will see the major deals. And it won't be just the Celtics making the call on uh, how to proceed. Multiple sources have said, have said uh, heavy.com, that uh, in absence the team getting its act together and playing more to potential, Brown could be uh, the one acknowledged that uh, the mix isn't right and seeking for the move. The Celtics improved in January. Yes, the Celtics since December uh, 31st, uh, number first in the league in many parameters, uh, top five in uh, almost all parameters uh, since returning of the smart. And uh, the players are saying Brown uh, he has taken more vocal roles, indicating he obviously wants to avoid major changes and he wants to make the things work in uh, the Celtics. This is great, but um, even just the possibility that player of Brown's ability may find his way to the market has raised an eyebrow of number of general managers around the NBA. 
So uh, due diligence is getting done. Uh, as a small part of it, uh, there were two calls on Monday uh, looking for insight on uh, Brown. Uh, how has he, uh, how has he changed since he was drafted? Or has he had a big part in their ups and downs? Uh, or he, is he a victim of their team breakdowns? Um, how is he to deal with? So two calls recently about Brown. One uh, personnel man said, uh, who knows if um, we ever get a real chance to trade for a player like that. But um, if you do have the chance to trade for Brown, you better be uh, ready to move fast and act fast. The Celtic sources insisted they are not floating Brown's name in the trade talks. And the word back from other clubs confirmed that um, this is such a case. Put it all... Put it this way, we know we would have to give a lot uh, to get Jalen Brown, said one executive. Jalen Brown um, on a hot streak lately. Brown is under contract for two more years. Uh, first year, this year, 20, uh, year 28.7 and then 30.7 million. He's coming. Um, uh, he will not be an all-star this year and he's not having the best year of career. Uh, he's uh, stagnant. He has stagnant year with many injuries, uh, but um, uh, uh, for injury, he's injured, and uh, the Celtics had uninspired campaign. Coach Ime Yudoka said Monday that uh, Brown is among those who factor in when voting All-Star reserves, um, and uh, the Celtics uh, uh, four wins, uh, uh, of course, four win winning uh, streak. Uh, so, uh, said one coach for heavy.com, this is more likely uh, they want to play. This is more likely the Brad Stevens was trying to get out of them this year. But um, uh, when it was uh, going bad, it is really hard to watch. It seems like Brown uh, was feeding of Tatum holding, uh, holding it. Like Brown goes, oh, screw it. Tatum held it three straight times. Now, if I get the ball, I'm shooting no matter what. That is what killing momentum of, of the team. Uh, but uh, if they can get it together, start playing the right way, uh, no one denies the talent is there. And no one denies the Celtics uh, won't be able to stand pat if the talent level, um, uh, you know, covering them around 500 for second straight uh, year. Uh, now, I mean, um, let's discuss. Uh, I'm sorry if uh, it is taking too long, but um, uh, the article is very, very important and significant yeah. one. Uh, Daniel, my man, uh, what is your uh, first opinion about the article? We will still uh, talk about it, uh, about uh, various aspects of the article. Again, uh, I think that, uh, Danny, we have been saying here, um, I'm not going to say we told you so here without any sources. Uh, we don't have any inside sources here. We are just think, trying to think the logical way. And I, I don't know why this report was so shocking to the Celtics fan base. Because this is what is happening to every single team in the NBA right now. Nobody is immune uh, to the stars wanting out. Even Brooklyn Nets. We are dealing with a situation when 
where J James Harden apparently wants out of the Brooklyn Nets and they are having some trade talks, apparently. The Brooklyn Nets uh, involving James Harden. Philadelphia, Houston said they would welcome him back, etc., etc. Uh, so again, uh, I have been saying for years to the Celtics fans, uh, what you believe here, again, I wish uh, maybe Brown and Tatum will stay uh, until the end of their careers in Boston. It would be great. But again, I don't know why the fans are thinking, Daniel and Kevin, that it is, uh, there is a sign in the rocks that Tatum and Brown will stay in Boston. Who said that? Who can guarantee you that? In today's mm -hmm. NBA, the things are changing from day to day, from season to season. Every uh, two or yes, three years, you have the new super team formed by three stars. Jalen Brown is a star in this league. And he was in the three Eastern Conference Finals. If the things uh, are not working here in Boston, he will just leave. Simple as that, you know. So I don't know yes. why the people have been calling out Steve Buffett because, again, to repeat, the man is reliable source, great writer, one of the best, and uh, um, he is uh, uh, always having good information. Uh, Daniel? Well, I would say it's because many of the Celtic fans live in an alternate universe in this situation, parallel dimension. <laughs> uh, I, I have to be one of those type of things in this situation. Uh, or who knows, maybe they live in, uh, you know, in that uh, world in the situation of Peacemaker, and they got the butterflies going into their heads in this situation. It's butterflies that we're dealing with in this case, you know. But uh, literally, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we are dealing with, with, with fans that basically have shown that thing that they should want for the Celtics, they want the opposite. Uh, re reality, reality is not touching them, okay? The Celtics are losing, they are keeping their opinion. The Celtics are winning, they are keeping their opinions, okay? And they, they seem to care about uh, specific players, not the team and their record, right? Basically, ever since Danny Ainge and the team opted to trade Garnett and Pierce to Brooklyn because they decided that was the time to, you know, hit the reset button and start to go the route of doing a rebuild because they felt Garnett and Pierce were getting too close to the end of their careers and that they were not going to be able to get them the players they needed to really make a run to be able to beat Miami with the players Miami had back at that point. The fans have shown that they have an opposite thinking. Because think about it. Even back then, the play, the fans back then, you know, wanted play, wanted the team to basically try to compete for a championship rather than tank at a time where basically you had no superstars. Like, really, why would you try to fight for a chance to go to the, champ, you know, championship round and try to win games when you know your team – had no chance of winning in this situation, you know. As you, as we, as we said back then in this situation, even to some of our friends who are also also radio hosts, you were doing more damage to your team when it came to the, you know, to the speed in the situation or the process by winning your games than you were losing them in this case. Absolutely. So, 
you had fans back then that were even showing that basically they really were not thinking about what was best for the team more than they were thinking about what what they really wanted for having fun and really basically thinking about what was their their best interest. And then now that you're at a time where the team has two legit, you know, stars in their team, we can't say superstars at this point because, you know, superstars mm-hmm. in this situation are mm-hmm. kind of in that really top echelon of the yeah. league in this case. So, you know, so, so Daniel, so Daniel, uh, we can say that Tatum is all star, rising star, and uh, Jalen Brown is not an all star anymore. So we don't have two all stars; we have only one all star. Okay? Exactly. Exactly. Tatum. Exactly. Tatum made it to the all star game. For anybody who who's been hiding under a rock the last week, Tatum made it to the all star team in this situation, being vote, being voted as a you know, reserve, but he will be a, a starter because Kevin Durant is not going to be able to compete due to being injured. And so since Tatum was number four in the forward, uh, the forward position as of, uh, in terms of the fan voting, he automatically gets to take Kevin Durant's spot in this situation, meaning that Tatum's spot is going to be available in the reserves. So the commissioner now is going to have to make a decision in regards to who will take Tatum's spot, so it could be almost anybody. For all you know, it could be Jalen Brown who gets it, which many people, including me, feel it wouldn't be right to give it to him, knowing all the time he missed during this season due to injury. And there's plenty of other players who have played just as good, if not better, than Jalen Brown thus far this season and have been able to do it while staying healthy in this case. You know, so we will see who the commissioner chooses to give Tatum's, you know, reserve spot to in this situation. But still, you know, Jalen Brown and, and Tatum are both stars, not superstars in this situation. Which mm-hmm. is again, you don't see the same treatment, as, you know, from the officiating and all that, as we mentioned. Yeah, but even yeah, now, yeah. now that you get to a point where you do have two, star, two stars, and we've seen it where you've had three, you know, whether it's that you had them with, you know, Kemba Walker in this case, or you had them, you know, previously to that in this situation, you had them with Isaiah Thomas. You know, in this in this situation as well, you know, you've had it with you know with multiple multiple other guys, and you still haven't been able to make it to an NBA Finals in this situation. It's been an issue where ever since you made that run, as you know, both had said in the in the in the uh, video to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals during that year where Kyrie and Hayward. Yeah. And re- remember, remember what we said there. Sorry for interrupting you. That this is more curse than blessing. That the Celtics underman team reached the Eastern Conference Finals that year. You know, it would be better on the long run if we lost from Milwaukee in the round one. Okay. That's how I feel today. Even Kevin yeah. was complaining about it. He didn't yeah. like how the show was going. Danny, please yeah, go on. Yes, yeah. that, that, that is exactly how I feel in this situation because the fact that you, you know, you still had Horford back then in this situation, obviously, in this case, but the two guys who took over the kind of the lead role with Horford that season were, of course, Tatum and Brown, Tatum and, Brown and then, you know, Terry Rozier, obviously, was, you know, like the, was like the third man in this situation in terms of the scoring while Horford obviously took the role of being the main defensive anchor, trying to stop guys like Embiid and Giannis in the first two rounds, which, of course, he got the job done, which was the main reason why he was able to even make it to that third round. 
which is why when mm-hmm. we saw all the fans turning against Horford and willing to basically say, get rid of him, we don't want yeah. him no more, that was a sign of disrespect yep. and, a, and a real slap in the face, in my opinion, to Horford for these fans Absolutely. because you wouldn't have made it without him in this situation, you know. But that was a curse because that blew Tatum's head and Brown's head so fat in this situation that they both made it feel like, you know, all of a sudden all they had to do when it came to, when it came to game time, you guys, all they had to do was – Rip open their green jerseys in a situ in this situation, and a big fat ass would show up in this case underneath the jerseys in this case. And next thing you know, they go from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to Superman in this situation, and they could dominate all of a sudden because they so you know they managed to dominate the previous year. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we see the rest of the league has adjusted. That was the key. The rest of the league adjusted thanks to what they saw that one year during that playoff run, and somehow, some way, they found Tatum and Brown's kryptonite. Let's just say it. Mm. Let's say it out how it is. You know, they found the kryptonite to slow down Tatum and Brown since then. In this case, and the two of them have not been able to dominate as much as they did back then when they took the rest of the league by surprise. In this case. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Tatum and Brown do not have the do not have the same body like a LeBron James to just simply grab the ball, go you know to go running like they're going 100 miles per hour down the court and literally run somebody over and knock them flat on their ass and basically lay it up and in and get a foul call. The two of them don't have that type of body in this situation at this point. You know, so they got to play the game totally different in this situation, and unfortunately because of it it makes it much more easier to defend those two than it would to defend someone like LeBron at this point. And so because of it, this is where we get to this point. You haven't had the same success in this case. Jalen Brown desperately wanted, obviously, so does Tatum and the rest of these guys on this, on this court, because on this team, because, of course, you wouldn't be in the league if you don't want that type of success in this case. But how are you going to get it when the rest of the teams in the East – are all bringing in multiple superstars and big-time veterans to join their teams because they are spending a ton of money in this case. You look at the look at the, the, the rosters. Look at the 76ers roster. Look at the, the, the Nets roster. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks roster in this case and compare it with yours. Aftermarket Smart, Richardson, Schroeder, and Tatum, and Brown, what do you really have? Everybody else on this team in this situation is really either a nobody or a player who's just starting their career. You are not basically loaded with veterans in this case. What was the key thing about that that 07-08 team, you guys, if you all can remember? What was the main thing about that team after you ended up getting Garnett and Allen to join Pierce? was that Danny Ainge was able to fill that team up team up with veterans in this case. You know, he brought in, you know, P.J. Brown, Cassell, Eddie House, James Posey to join forces with those guys on top of having, obviously, Kendrick Perkins and Rondo, who may have been young, but they had plenty of years of experience already in the league to know what they needed to do in this case and knew that they were the fourth and fifth guys, not the number one and number two guys in this situation, you know, to, to, when it came to running the team. This team is practically the total opposite, a complete 180 in this case. So if I'm, there, if I'm Brad Stevens right now, 
I am looking and, get, and listening to any, any offers at this point because, like you said, Igor, two more years. You got two more years with Brown's contract, and he can easily leave. And I would not be surprised in this situation if he does leave once those contracts, uh, his contract is done. Absolutely. You're not winning this year, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to win this year. And if you don't get another superstar to join forces with you and Tatum, knowing that you're going to have most likely a big, you know, you've got a big three already in Brooklyn, whether it's going to be Harden, Irving, and Durant, or Simmons, Irving, and Durant, it's a big three in Brooklyn. You're going to have a big three in Philadelphia, and you never know what, what, what Milwaukee can end up doing in this situation down the line in this case. You need a third star at this point. And if you're too loyal, like I said earlier, too loyal to Marcus Smart, too loyal to, to, to Horford, too loyal to Richardson, and all these other guys, you ain't going nowhere. Now, you mentioned players who could leave Igor, the lo- no loyalty. The, the other name I heard of that could, be, that, that could prove that there is no loyalty anymore, he's proven it before, is LeBron James. I Absolutely. heard that there's a chance LeBron James might be leaving the Lakers if there's a team out there willing to, ha- willing to sign his son. He want, does his son now wants to join the league. And so if there's any <laughs> team out there willing to take his son, he's willing to leave the Lakers. <laughs> so think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody thinks the Lakers now are the best franchise in history ahead of us because we haven't really had much success except that one championship in 07 08. And now LeBron's willing to leave them. If that's, just, if that's not a sign to you that, that, that pretty much the word loyalty basically doesn't exist in this league anymore with this version of the of players, you know, in this case, then what doesn't, you know, what, what, what will prove it? There ain't nothing that can prove it in this case to you people. If you really can't think that that doesn't prove it to you. I, I, I mean, uh, Kevin will uh, give, give, give us uh, right now uh, 50 cents. Uh, I, I, I will, I will, I will repeat this mess uh, has started when the game seven, like Buffett described in the video that we heard, excellent, excellently. Uh, the the uh, game uh, the game uh, uh, seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, Cleveland Cavaliers uh, uh, and uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, that was actually uh, that was actually uh, you know the beginning uh, the beginning of uh, all this uh, mess all this mess uh, the next years because, uh, you know, that empowered the younger players to uh, not settle down in uh, backup roles. They required uh, starting roles, round Tatum was here, uh, co- confrontating with uh, the veterans, locker room was bad, etc., etc. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, decided to leave. When he decided to leave, it's not important right now. And uh, it happened uh, what it happened. Uh, and now we are facing the consequences uh, of that. Uh, I will elaborate a little later when I heard, when I hear what uh, uh, Kevin uh, has to say about the subject. Uh, Kevin, uh, are you buying uh, this report? Uh, don't believe it. Uh, what is your uh, standpoint? Um. I, I I don't believe it because I think I think they have a plan, okay. Um, 
for this team. Again, um, Brad Stevens has kept everything underneath his hat because if you think about this, um, the year that that um, Paul Pierce says, you know what, I'm tired of this mess. I'm ready to go. Trade me or do something. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And so they went out there and did what they had to do to get Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and the rest of the guys to come there to help them win the title. Um, I just think that maybe Jalen is set, putting their feet to the fire and saying, look, you, I don't, don't want to waste my career here if you're not trying to win a title. So if you're not trying to win a title now, maybe I'm ready. it's time for me to leave. Get what you can get from me and let me move on. Um, but I think that would be a bad move on on the seventh party if they don't adhere to what he's asking for. You know what I'm saying? Because you have two you have two players on your team that could be ultimately superstars <laughs> on the team um, if they can play together, which I feel like they can. Um, but I think that sometimes some things are written just to get just to get some people's attention, like. It, like like Perkins said, you got to shake things up, and this this really shook the Celtics up, Celtics fans up, because they're talking about the, the writer doesn't know what he's talking about. He's been writing for the Celtics for forever, so somebody had to say something to him. And I don't care what nobody says. Any article that's written about any player has some validity to it because a writer's just not going to write something just to be writing it to get likes or whatever. His credibility's on the line. So when somebody comes in and says, "Well, I don't believe what you're saying," he go back and say, "Okay, now listen to this recording." Oh yeah, you, if, if the Celtics don't get it together, I'm I'm ready to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'll be looking for a divorce come come June, July, or whenever. You know what I'm saying? So there is some validity to that. There's some validity to what he wrote. Um, because I I grant again, I don't think a writer writes just to get likes. Um, I think he writes what he knows. Um, now if he says mm-hmm. in his opinion, I think that Jalen might move up, but that's not what he said. That's his opinion mm-hmm. has nothing to do with this. So as fans, mm-hmm. y'all can't get mad at him for what he's doing. He's doing his job. But again, mm-hmm. we try to tell you guys, y'all want to wait till they till when when they first got in the league and we went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, we're going to be great again next year. That following year, I thought we were going to be good because you had Kyrie, you had Gordon, you had Al Al Harford, you had mm-hmm. a mature team with some bench players that could 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 basically play their role. But we had mm-hmm. people like Rozier, Jalen, um, more or less those two guys, in my opinion, um, that felt like they needed to des- they needed to deserve to get more playing time or should be starting. And again, we were thirty seven and zero in Game Seven, decided in the Boston Garden, and now we're thirty seven and one because they thought they were that good and they wasn't because LeBron showed them how good they actually were because they lost the game. And the Celtics, the that... Celtics regressed to the. Uh, that was where the Celtics regressed to the hero ball, the first time, and it is happening exactly. since 2018 exactly. that the Celtics are regressing to the hero ball on every single important match. Give me the ball, I am exactly. the man. Everybody yes. thinks that he is the new LeBron James or new Larry Bird or Paul, Paul Pierce, whatever you want to say, uh, in Boston, right? Exactly. And, and and the thing about it is, if you watch that game, Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown, didn't they play, They stunk the place up. They stunk it up. Yep. But mm-hmm. then you're going to get Jalen but you're going to get Jalen Brown going to ask Danny Ainge, is this team better than 1986 Boston Celtics? Stop playing. Stop. You, that, that's a joke to me. No, I'm like, yo, 
you you really think y'all that good? Y'all not that good. You're not that you're not that good, and it's and it's being seen now that they're not that good. Even though Terry Rozier um, left the team, but the thing about it is, I feel like when it, everybody ain't meant to ain't to be a, ain't meant to be a starter in the NBA. Everybody has their role, okay. And sometimes you have to venture out of a place to to, to become a starter to to see how good you really are. Um, I, I I think that with Kyrie leaving. And, and Rozier staying, I think that helps the team out. That that gives us an issue we don't we don't have to deal with now because now we're looking for a point guard. But Rozier would have filled that filled that slot up. You get Rozier, you you get Rozier, Jalen, and Jason on the team. Um, with Marcus Smart, I think that's a I think that's a really good starting five. Okay, because Rozier is a guy now now that he's with Charlotte, he shoots more than he passes. But if he's here in Boston, he already knows the system. He could fit, it, it would be an easy fix for them, you know what I'm saying? But their egos got too big for them because they thought they were these great basketball players who only been in the NBA a few years. Now they're feeling the now they're feeling the frustration. And I've always said Jason and Jalen would never succeed until they feel until they fall flat on their face. If last year didn't do it for them, I don't know what else will. Um, this, this year right here, like I said, I think they have a plan on doing something. So I don't think I don't I don't I don't I don't believe the article true, but I think there's some validity to what Jalen said because that's what you know Jalen has always his name has always popped up as the one being traded not Jason but Jalen and you guys know I'm, I I love Jalen I like Jason but I love Jalen because of how Jalen plays the game of basketball you know so I I, I get it but I don't agree with it but. Like like Perkins said, you gotta shake this thing up because if you don't shake it up, then these guys gonna feel like, oh, I can do come and go as I please, and I ain't gotta worry about nothing. You know what I'm saying? And you have a GM uh-huh. who probably doesn't speak no don't don't speak no low. He speaks like this to the guys, and that's well, you know, Jalen, if you don't do this, or if uh, Jason, if you don't do this, or or and he doesn't put no sincerity into his voice. They take it. They they take him as a coach again because of the GM. You have more power, but if if you say to them, yo, I really believe you guys can make this work and be sincere about it, then they're good. Now, you can't get mad at him because he's a GM because there's a bunch of GMs out here that never won a title. You know what I'm saying? So you got to give him some credit for mm-hmm. being a GM because so far so far he did a good job of putting the, putting, putting the team together. You know what I'm saying? We got Schrader for, for pennies on the dollar. Uh, we got Al Harford to come back. The only thing they didn't do that I was I want him to do was bring Isaiah Thomas back. Because if we're not going to win, uh, we're not winning a title. Why not bring the kid back here? Let him let him finish his career in Boston. Because you're not playing Pritchard no more. You're you're you're, you're playing you're, you're playing playoff basketball right now to get wins where you should be playing your whole team to get wins. If and and, and the thing about this, you're trying to if you're going to showcase everybody on your team and then trade trade deadline comes up. You can't show you can't really showcase nobody if they don't play. You know what I'm saying? So basically what you're showcasing yeah. is Raider, um, Williams, Grant Williams, um, Richardson, um, Marcus Smart, um, and then uh Pritchard or Naismith might be a throw in, um, to, to, to trade to trade one of those guys to get to you know, to find to find something else that they want. So this whole thing the the, the article opens up a can of worms. And it makes the organization think about where they're at right now. It makes the ownership say, you start, you need to start being accountable for your ownership part of the deal. 
and, and if you're going to give me mediocre players and you're going to waste my years here in, in Boston that I can't get a title, then I don't want to be here. I'm going to give you, for example, like we're talking about James Harding going to the 76ers. 76ers said they wasn't looking for um, – the 76ers looked, said they weren't looking to trade Ben Simmons until the end of the season. Okay, but if you got an opportunity to get James Harden in your team right now, you got to do it because you cannot waste the you cannot waste an MVP season with Embiid right now because you don't know what Embiid you're gonna get next year. You know, mm-hmm. and we when we mm-hmm. tell fans that we want to win right now, yeah. we're not worried about we're not worried about the the future. Right. We want to win right now. So when we said that before, right. 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 and now it is now it's a, now the present is the future. We still ain't winning anything, but this is what they wanted. This is what the fans wanted. They they wanted mm-hmm. this right now, mm-hmm. and now what you're mm-hmm. getting, you're not mm-hmm. getting what you thought you were going to get. But we already right. told them, if you want to win, you win right now. You worry about tomorrow right. or later. If you get that Make get moves. that title, you get the title. Yes. And you, you, if you get the title, they can't take it away from you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But if Absolutely. you can't play for the Absolutely. title, if you, if, if you can't play for the title, then there's an issue. You know, and one thing I loved about Danny Ainge was he's like, look, I brought you here to win a title. If you don't provide for me that, that opportunity to win a title, then I got to move on from you. I got to get the team better because my job here as a GM is to make the team better to, to, to compete for NBA titles. Mm-hmm. That's what we do mm-hmm. here in Boston. That's what we do in LA. That's what we do in Miami. Absolutely. You know, we have to make our teams better yeah. to win titles. You know, slick here, Willie down there in Miami right now, just chilling because I'm gonna tell you right now, I think the Brooklyn Nets thing is go, is over. I think James Harden leaves. I think Kevin Durant leaves. I think Kevin Durant ends up in. I think he ends up in Miami and play that. Yeah, this is done. I just, I, I, I just got that feeling because this Brooklyn thing's not working. It backfired because now you have Kyrie who's played every other game, who hadn't played half the season. James Harden's like, I didn't come here to be be solo. I came here to be a trio. But Kevin's hurt. You played every other game, man. And now it's left up to me to do. No, I don't want. I, if I could, if I wanted this, I could have stayed in Houston. You know what I'm saying? So thing mm-hmm. right there is. A issue with the Brooklyn Nets, and a thing about it is, Boston can kind of take a take. They Boston can kind of go back and take a look at this and say, you know what? We did we did try to get Kevin Garden, Kevin Durant before, okay? We need another we need another person on the team that can, can be a scorer, you know? What are we willing to give up to get him? You know what I'm saying? Or same thing with James Harden. Like I, I think I think James Harden probably leading more to to Philadelphia because of Maury, but I know that him and Jason have a really good relationship because when they talked about trading Jason for James Harding and Boston said no, then I heard from a friend down in Houston, they said Harding wanted Jason to stay. I mean, Jalen, they wanted Jalen to stay, so that's why he didn't, that's why he wasn't okay to trade. If they could have traded other players, he would have came to Boston, but they wanted, but Houston wanted Jalen. And he's like, no, I, well, no, I'm not going up there if Jalen's not there because I'm still put in the same situation where I got to be the primary scorer. You know what I'm saying? So, so he kind of knows what he wants and where he wants to go. If and if he gets if he gets to New York, I mean, if he gets to Philadelphia this year, February 10th, he gets traded to Philadelphia. I'm I'm, I'm they're shooing for the NBA Finals, in my opinion. Um, would it be better than than Golden State or Phoenix? Um, I don't know. Um, but I, I think they would be a shoe win. Me personally, my prediction is the Miami Miami Heat and um, probably the 76ers for the NBA Finals on the, in the Eastern side. The Western side is going to be it's going to be a dog fight between Golden State and um, and Phoenix, in my opinion. 
Um, there's a third team out there that's pretty decent, but I can't. It can't come to my mind right now. But the whole Jalen Brown thing is not. It's, it's really, if you really think about, it, it's not even really about the article that was written. It's the effect that it's, it's the effect that it did to the team now, and it's the effect what it did to the fans now, and the effect that he did to the organization, saying to him, "Okay, you want to get underneath the salary cap because you don't want to pay the luxury tax for a team that's not going anywhere." But you, I'm sitting up here wasting my years here playing, and we're not winning. We're not playing for anything. So trade me, get me out of here, do whatever you want to do. And if you think what's best for your team is to get me out of here and send me somewhere else to get other pieces for me, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that a lot of people are not looking at when it comes to this article. The only thing they're thinking is, is Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. It's bigger than just that. That's just my thoughts. Uh, Kevin, uh, from Keith Smith. We have uh, information, the fresh news about uh, the net situation that you have been talking about. On the NBA countdown, uh, Vogue from ESPN said Kevin Durant uh, was persuading uh, uh, James Harden to stay in Brooklyn, and Kevin Durant wants James Harden to stay in Brooklyn. Also, Kevin Durant uh, uh, wants everyone in Brooklyn uh, as committed to winning as the title as he is. Durant is motivating Brooklyn. Also, Woj said Harden continues to tell Durant and Nets management that he wants to be in Brooklyn. So, it seems like uh, no James Harden uh, trade this year, at least, uh, for now. Mm. Uh, but uh, we will see what will happen uh, summer. Everything is possible. Uh, Lou, uh, your 50, 50 cents on uh, the story. Mm, I'll go for 75 cents. I mean, this trio is not working. They haven't really played much, you know, with uh, injuries and COVID and whatnot. And they've only played like about three or four games together. This team is falling apart. I mean, just before Christmas, they were in first place in the conference. And looking, they were like a shoo-in even to be considered for the um, NBA championship. Now it is, you know, falling off like a cliff. And, you know, these three are not playing together. And it's just it's become a complete mess. I wouldn't be surprised if once you were all three players uh, don't come back next season. I mean, this season, yeah, I don't think there's so much they're going to do about making a trade now. But I think come the off season, uh, the Nets are going to be in for a major shakeup. And the way it looks like now, uh, I don't see how they're going to be able to be even remotely competitive hanging down the stretch in the Eastern Conference. This team is on thin ice. Right now, I wish that there, I, I got something else I got something else I want to say too. And if you look at look at it from look at look at it from a normal Joe position, like you yeah. and I, we go to work and we get paid for we get paid to work. But you get somebody that comes to work and doesn't work at all, or doesn't show up for work and they get paid. You like yo hold on wait a minute. How we mm. doing the same thing? But this dude ain't this dude getting paid, and I ain't getting paid. I mean, he's getting paid for doing nothing. I'm getting paid to work work my eight hours. That ain't fair. That's not fair no. to me. And 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 I think that's I think that's where James Harden is is, is 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 his mindset is, you know. And even though he Kevin Durant saying all of that, I still don't believe it because now James Harden has a hamstring. Yeah. Funny that I mean, every time he gets hurt, it's his hamstring. And we know the hamstrings is one of the hardest things to repair from, I mean, to recover from, because you're always got to stretch that leg out. So I don't really know yes. if it's a real hamstring or not. But then at the same token, guys, we can flip this over. 
we know that we know that Brooklyn, if Brooklyn has home home court advantage in any series, if there's a game seven, um, Kyrie's not playing. Okay, so if they are if they if they the if they are um, a fifth or sixth or seventh seed, that seventh game on the road is away, so he gets to play. Okay, yeah. and so they could be thinking that way as well. And that's when it first happened. I said, you know what? I said, if they lose a couple games yeah. in a row, I said that that puts them in a situation where they ain't got to worry about home home court advantage. You know, what I'm saying we know they're not going to have the best record in the NBA, so that game seven mm-hmm. is going to be um, in Phoenix or it's going to be in Golden State, in my opinion. But in the on the East, if they're not the one, two, or three seed, their 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 home court advantage to Wendell, but he gets to play. So I mean, that's kind of smart for them if that's the, if that's the situation. But not again, losing, <laughs> you know, saying that and that they just lost a couple games in a row. So um, seven, it's just uh, it's 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 it, it, the NBA is 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 a special place in my opinion. And I just looked at something today that the average age of people that watch the NBA right now are from from twenty three to thirty nine, okay, and from Thirty nine to forty five, and from forty five to fifty five, it's like twelve percent. So basically, what they're doing is they're losing the older audience and they're keeping the younger audience around because they're not into team sport no more. They're into player sport. The way if that's the way the NBA is going to go, um, then so be it. But I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like like the NBA going that way. You know, even with even with um, what Daniel said about LeBron James stating that he'll leave the Lakers to go play with his son um, wherever he gets drafted to if he comes out. Um, again, with the Lakers, I, I tell anybody, when you get LeBron James, you just sold your soul to the devil because you got to build a team around him. Now, let's say the Milwaukee Bucks draft him. LeBron comes there. Now, do you think they're going to build their team around LeBron? Um, when you got Giannis there, I don't, I don't, I don't think you do because LeBron's yeah. older, and we don't know what Bronny's going, what type of player Bronny's going to be. But you just want to come play with your son because that's your son. And if I'm a GM, I'm like, yo, do I really, do I want this? Do I want this headache? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of GMs going to have to sit back and 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 rethink this thing about Bronny um, coming to the NBA and drafting him because now you have to deal with the circus that LeBron brings. Um, on the court, so it, it, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting um, coming up soon. But uh, the Celtics is yeah. for the day. I've been waiting for this thing though, but it's all right. Okay, uh, guys, uh, let's hear Block Three audio. Uh, Bobby Manning and Josue Pogon. Then we will uh, come to the finish. Uh, Bobby and Josue <clears throat> discussed uh, what could lead to Brown leaving Tatum partnership. Heavy.com's Steve Bullpet report has Celtics fans completely shocked and disgusted at the thought of seeing someone like Jalen Brown request a trade this offseason. But, of course, that's exactly what we've been talking about here on CLNS Media, and we're going to continue that conversation right here at TD Garden. I am Joseph Pavone alongside Bobby Manning. Uh, Bobby, we talked about this at the beginning of the season, right? I mean, this team, they were a 500 team last year, and if they go into this season or if they go into the offseason as another first-round knockout, that's a 500 team or somewhere close to it. 
I think it's not ridiculous to think that someone like Jalen Brown may consider his options, or at least if there's another uh, team waiting in the wing for someone like Jalen, the Celtics could receive a phone call that could, you know, things could happen fast in the NBA, right, Bobby? So, I mean, I guess my question to you is, going into this report, I mean, what was something that, something that crossed your mind? Like, do you think of a, another team that could actually potentially pull off a deal for Jalen Brown, or do you think this is more of a Jalen Brown's going to have to be really adamant and ask for a trade in order for any of this to even remotely happen? Well, it's interesting. You don't know where the report's coming from, and I know a lot of people got up in arms. All oh, fake news, everything. Like, that's, that's the new thing we're dealing with here. When fans don't like something, they don't like what's being said, but we believe in Steve. This is the guy that's been on the beat for years. It's, he's well-connected, and he had multiple sources here saying that Brown could be the one task out of this mix. So I'm not looking ahead to potential deals and things like that at this point. I'm just happy that potentially here Brown could be staking his claim as a player with cachet, a star on a max deal, uh, pushing the organization to be better. Now, I think there's probably an underlying thing here as well, his confidence in himself, him being very confident that he could lead a team in his abilities and his ability to improve into the future and his all-star candidacy and all these different things. We think about Tatum as the A and Brown as the B when they're really 1 and 1A one more so here. And, you know, I think he's a guy that wants credit being 1A, you know, even if it's not 1 necessarily. There. So I think that's an underlying factor here. That's but a good thing. That's a good thing to bring up. That's a good, good way to put it, too. And all we know right now, though, is that he wants to see this team get it together and play their potential. So my question is, what's this team's potential? I think the bigger question at the end of the season would be, do you believe in this core? Do you want to be a Celtic? I mean, at the end of the day, I think those are sort of the questions that superstars ask themselves before they go ahead and hit that button, you know, because that's what happens in the NBA. I mean, players, it's a player-driven league, so if a player wants out, they'd normally get their wish in one way or another. So I don't it think... Would, it would clarify things for the Celtics, too, because we've talked right. about Ken Brown and Tatum play together. That might not have been the question as much as, do they want to play together and do they want to each share in the success here especially you know we've seen stars Kobe and Shaq most notably win championships together and still have different ideas what they want this to look like and move on from each other these guys aren't even close to contending for a championship so forget the report if you don't believe it whatever we're two years out from Brown's free agency that alone should have people thinking, all right, what's he going to be thinking about this offseason when it comes to his future? What kind of things are going to be assuring the Celtics that he'll resign again? Because the worst thing you can do is get to his free agency or even the deadline before his free agency and lose him for nothing. Because then you're questioning Brown's future a year later if you're left high and dry without much talent around Tatum. Right. I don't think most people are questioning the report. Even though Celtics fans don't want to believe it, I think they do believe it, but I just don't think what you just said. I don't think they can picture Jalen saying, I want out of this situation. I'm not happy here. Steve affirmed himself. He's not asking out. He could. That's all he's saying. But Celtics fans read the headline and they completely, you know, they go the other way. They're like, well, that means that he wants out or that means that he's thinking about wanting out. No, I don't think it means either. I just think it means the way the situation plays itself out, if this team doesn't succeed or doesn't have a deep playoff run, sure, why wouldn't someone like Jalen Brown at least consider something like that? Now, we talked about them believing in the core, 
right now, I can understand why Celtics fans are so beside themselves when they hear something like this because it's been the complete opposite. Like, everyone's been propping Jalen up. Yeah. You got guys like Marcus Smart saying, like, man, this guy is getting everyone pumped up before games. There's a sense of urgency in that locker room. Exactly. There's a sense of urgency in that locker room, and it doesn't just have to do with the fact that Marcus is afraid that he might get traded, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, everybody's kind of on their toes and playing to the best of their abilities right now. And Tatum and Brown kind of hit a bump tonight in the Charlotte game. We talked about that in the other video from a scoring regard, but they're believing in this process. They're starting to pass to each other a lot more. They're establishing something right now. So you wonder, you know, you and John discussed this on the show, is this a matter of Brown saying, let's get some talent in here to help us, or is this him saying, let me help us more? Because that, you know, we've heard Smart say something to that effect. Tatum's a given. I mean, he's always going to have the ball, so there's nothing for him to complain about. But Brown, you know, he's sort of back in that finishing complimentary role. Was he looking at the role that he was in when Tatum was out, playmaking and all these other things, and saying, that's who I could be? I don't know, because then all of a sudden you have an issue of Brown just maybe not being happy here whatsoever, because Tatum's always going to be the guy here, right? So what you said earlier, I think it's the latter. I think Jalen, and we talked about this, you know, during the postgame show, what you just said, I don't think Jalen's going into the trade deadline saying, oh, man, you guys better address, you know, this bench. <laughs> you guys better address the, the back end of this That's rotation. That's how I feel, so I'm hoping yeah. he feels That's that That's how way. we feel, but he's like, man, those guys don't even matter. I mean, they do matter, but in his mind, he's like, I'm the difference maker. Taylor's the difference maker. That's maybe, a great point. Maybe Marcus is the difference maker. Like, the three of us have to figure this thing out, and if this team does go deep into the playoffs, it's going to be because of us three, not because of who's on the end of the bench. Yeah, and let's, let's not forget, Brown, the reason I want him to be here is because of what he means off the court, too, the social yeah. justice activities, yeah. activities, uh, <laughs> efforts, um, <laughs> and uh, the brand that he has, you know, whether it's his clothing or anything else, that he's trying to establish himself as an individual in this league, and, you know, that's not Brown being selfish. Everybody wants to do that. Every young star wants to be able to do that. So if he has an opportunity to have his own team, become, you know, his own winner, establish a culture elsewhere. I always think that's going to be an interesting thing for him to pursue. And I think when we look at his free agency in a couple of years, that's certainly something he'll explore, right? So it's a very difficult situation for the Celtics to be in because this is Tatum's team. I think you have strong confidence that Tatum's always going to be here, um, even if things get rocky. Like, this is his team, his franchise, his city. Uh, that's never going to be the case for Brown, even if he reaches 1A status. So you can make it work between those two, but you don't want to get to a situation where Brown just leaves you high and dry. You could get a ton for Brown this offseason. He could get what he wants in a new franchise. But none of this is ideal, okay? Just kidding. Just it, a disclaimer, guys. But if he does want to leave, you would rather do it sooner rather than later. So this is the good thing about him potentially demanding a trade and telling you, I don't intend to resign here. You'd rather have that than a Kyrie situation where you're guessing right until the last day and it's like, oh, crap, he went to Brooklyn. Right, right. That's true. You know what? Again, we talked about it again, though. The core, I want to... You want to make it work with Brown and Tatum first. Exactly. And I want to see how this team looks after the trade deadline because, let's face it, Bobby, we've been covering the NBA long enough where teams, this is sort of that season, that time of the year where things get a little bit wacky. You know, people are playing over their potential. Some people are playing, you know, it's somewhere in between. You're not quite sure where they are. And then after the trade deadline, you know, the chips fall where they may, and then everyone sort of either reverts back to their old habits or continues to what they were doing, you know, right before the deadline. Yep, and... We've seen this team go on some stretches in the past, figure some things out, and revert to themselves. The lack of consistency this year has been 
their biggest issue, but we're now looking at a 14-game stretch where they've put it together here, especially on the defensive end. I mean, right. you can start to say that this is the best defense in basketball, I think. 10 out of 14 isn't bad, right? Well, at least for wins, and then you have, what, the, I believe they're the third best uh, the, the third best defensive rating, right? Or top top two. I, they've moved into two, and they're number one since the new year began, I believe, at this point. So they're an elite team at that end. You can right. see how much difficulty groups are scoring against having scoring against them. So the question you ask at this deadline is, is there any way to balance that out with the offensive end of the floor? Because you have a defensive unit that could really bother teams come playoff times. But as we've seen in the fourth quarters where they're 10-17 and 17 now in clutch time, basket making is what it's all about. And they've really struggled with that at times this year. So one way or another, this Brown report, I think, urges the Celtics to be a little more forward-facing and putting the best team possible on the floor here because the one thing that is going to make Brown think about asking out a little bit more is more inconsistency, 500 playing, being nowhere close to contending. And we're back uh, to the last 20 minutes of the show. Uh, you are with uh, Daniel, Igor, Kevin, um, and Lou, our friend and caller. Uh, uh, two short news from me. Uh, before continuation, first, the Danny posted me about Bradley Beal, the Celtics fans' uh, favorite target. The Wizards are trying to straighten the cast around Bradley Beal to convince him to stay in Washington, according to Mark Stein, uh, the Stein line. The Stein line. Uh, source close to Beal indicates that um, uh, he's not uh, rejecting out. Uh, of the hand, the notion of the trade elsewhere, even though he pre- his preference is to stay in Washington. Um, anonymous executive said about Spencer Dinwiddie, I did hear that uh, Wizards could look to move Spencer elsewhere because just hearing out Bill and Spencer do not get along together. Uh, Athletics Fred Scott, ex-Celtics reporter, said from people I've talked to, I'm not as confident now that he is definitely uh, going to come back. I wouldn't be sitting here betting my life on the fact that um, Bradley Beal is on the Wizards next season, even though I'm still making them uh, my favorites. Um, uh, Wizards will not trade Beal by the trade deadline uh, the next uh, Thursday unless he requested, uh, uh, unless he, Bradley Beal, requests a trade. Another news, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves trying ha- definitely trying to trade for Celtics point guard Marcus Smart, according to Key, uh, KTSP and North uh, uh, and uh, Darren, uh, Darren Wolfson. Uh, Bleacher Report Jake Fisher reported that Wolves interested in Smart. According to those sources, uh, Wolfson believes Timberwolves would have to give up Malik Beasley, guard, and either forward Jaden McDaniels or first-round pick. Beasley has been rumored to trade to be trade target uh, of the Boston, but Celtics uh, do not want to give up Smart. The Celtics want to give up uh, uh, Josh Richardson and either one of Naismith or Langford for Beasley. Um, and, of course, Smart is instant in the trade rumors uh, this um, uh, trade deadline. Uh, Daniel, quick thoughts about those two flash news. 
uh, that we hear Bradleyville um, and Washington trying to make the things work there. And number two, uh, Marcus Mart and um, uh, you know Malik Beasley thing. What what do you say, Daniel? Well, when it comes to the Beal situation, as I'm Brad Stevens, I'm keeping a close eye on that situation. As the audio that we just played um, mentioned in this case, if Jalen Brown is serious in regards to leaving in this situation, then I would be looking to trade him for Bradley Beal at this point. As the audio said, you do not want to have a situation where, you know, you don't make a move until later on and it's close to him basically having his contract expire and you basically do not know whether he wants to stay or go and it becomes a Kyrie Irving situation and you lose him in this case for absolutely nothing. You can get more by trading him now, like the audio said, than you can basically by trading him when he only has a few months left on his deal because the team you trade him to wouldn't know whether or not he's willing to stay or not in this case. So teams are willing to give you more for a player who's got two years on his contract than they are for a player who only has a couple months. So, you know, as the uh, information I just told you said, he basically is not willing to reject the idea of basically getting a trade to go to somewhere else, but he does prefer to stay in Washington in this case. So Washington is trying to basically bolster up the rest of the roster around him because they feel that's the only way they're going to get him to want to stay. But let's say if things don't go the way we want it the rest of the season in this situation, like Felger and Holly were saying, maybe it's that you got to get to the conference finals for, for Brown to basically say, okay, I'm willing to stay here. If at the end of the season you basically don't get things to work out and Brown decides to request a trade, the first team I'm calling is the Washington Wizards at that point. If things yeah, don't go well for them be at that point. That because the be next ideal. thing that you got to mm-hmm. focus on at that point, you guys, I'm sure you'll agree with me, the next thing you got to focus on is making sure Jason Tatum is happy staying here because you do not want right. to get screwed uh, twice at that point by possibly losing Brown in free agency. And then a couple yes. of years later, if you don't get a superstar to join him, you lose Tatum as well in this situation, that knowing that Tatum does have a fascination that. with the Los, uh-huh. Los Angeles Lakers in this case, thanks to his fascination with Kobe Bryant, knowing that LeBron is close to retirement I already gave you the report that LeBron could leave the Lakers if another team is willing to mm-hmm. sign his son, so his loyalty isn't to the Lakers right now. So, that, like you said, Igor, that would be a disaster. So if I got a player who's got two years left on his deal and is, willing to, is already making it clear that he's willing to leave me at this point if things don't go the way he wants it with this team, and then I know I got a, I got a player who's the best friend of my number one player on my team who's already under contract for a few more years, Yet the best player of my number one player is a free agent, and I can maybe do a signing trade for that player and give that other team the player that is possibly looking to leave me, and they can maybe accept it. That's a no-brainer. I call them. I call Washington, offer Jalen Brown in this case, and maybe a few other pieces that I have, maybe Marcus Smart, something like that, and make it work where the Wizards are willing to take it because they know in this situation if if Beal is going to leave, but they can get something in exchange for him in this situation, like like Jalen Brown, and I'm sure he would be fine in Washington because at that point he would be the new number one in this case because there isn't nobody else to, to basically take the number one spot from him on that team. Then basically you take it and you run in this situation. So 
that's what, why I would say you keep watching what's happening the rest of the season in Washington if I'm, if I'm Brad Stevens. I'm keeping a close eye on that situation. Now, when it comes to the issue with Marcus Smart in Minnesota, like I said, if you can make any team take Marcus Smart at this point and try to get you a contract that basically expires after the next season, I'm doing it because right now my, my, my main focus is on getting that third superstar to join this team, whether it's joining it with Tatum and Brown or joining it with Tatum and another superstar in this case, you have to focus on getting a big three because it's being proven you cannot win this Eastern Conference in this case with just two superstars in this situation unless no. things unless things line up perfectly for you. Things things lined up perfectly for the Milwaukee Bucks last season in this case, but I do not think that's going to work again for them this season in this case, ladies and gentlemen. And if Things ever go back to normal with this whole issue with COVID, basically, let's say somehow it miraculously disappears in this, in this case, it, the Milwaukee Bucks probably will never win again in the Eastern Conference in terms of going to the NBA Finals without a third superstar, so long as Brooklyn and Philadelphia have three superstars and Milwaukee only has Giannis and Middleton. That's when they'll realize they got to get a third superstar to join them. So that's my input on that, Igor. Uh, great, uh, Kevin. Uh, situation with Beal, situation with Marcus Smart. Some thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with uh, Daniel. That if 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 he wants to leave, then I'm I'm calling calling Washington. I'm like, okay, what do you need for Bill? And I'm send I'm gonna send Jalen down there. Then let Jalen figure out where he wants to go from that point on. Um, Marcus, right there. Um, the Marcus thing. You know, I know Minnesota wants him, so it, me personally, I'm looking for if I'm gonna trade Marcus um, to to Minnesota, give me somebody that I don't really need um, at this point in time, and give me some draft picks because they're gonna be, we know they're not gonna they're gonna be in, it's not gonna be in the lottery, but next to the lottery, I know they're pretty decent right now. Their um their record is 27 to 25, so they're like a seven seed. Um, in um, the West, but I don't know if that's going to stay that way through the season. But I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely want a some type of draft pick from them as well. But Bradley Bill for Jalen, if, if Jalen wants to leave, um, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the same thing with with um, what Daniel said. I'm calling him up. What do you want? Okay, I got you. Let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not even. I, and, and, and the thing about it is, if he if he said that. I'm already on the phone talking to him. <laughs> I'm like, yo, uh, you want you want do you want to do what? You you want to wait to win? No, let's not wait now. If you don't want to be here, let's you know. If you don't want to be here, we'll find you a place to go. It may not be the place you want to go, but then you figure it out when you, once you get there. Um, I I I will I will um, uh, I mean elaborate uh, from Bobby Manning about Jalen Brown and close the show with that. Uh, Jalen Brown trade could be inevitable if the Celtics can't improve. The Celtics might end up um, needing to uh, needing to trade Jalen Brown, whether he demands a deal or not, if they can't improve the roster around him and Jason Tatum. Uh, the Celtics' balance of an area uh, of realities primed for stagnancy entering the NBA trade deadline. 
Uh, the subject developed defensive cohesion, winning 10 out of 14 with Marcus Mark in the center of success. Uh, but don't let the softer schedule and streak of consistency fool you. The Bobcats remain remain far from championship. Uh, the Celtics face luxury tax uh, restrictions. Uh, see the first hour. I don't want to waste the time. Reportedly, the Celtics seeking to trade Jenny Schroeder to the team that will not bring back salary in return, and that way to get under the luxury tax threshold this year. Josh Richardson could uh, net draft compensation alone, but for now, uh, they were talking with Minnesota about Josh Richardson potential trade. Uh, as I said, uh, Al Horford hefty contract uh, would render any move on him uh, too dumb. Now, uh, the most uh, uh, star- startling outcome of roster stagnancy emerged when Steve Bouffet reported that Jalen Brown could ask out if Boston doesn't play to its potential, which only further affirms the clock is ticking. No matter what you think, the clock on Brown's contract is ticking, which has two seasons remaining after this one, already should cue to the need for the front office to improve drastically in the near future. If um, they, they, they are unable to make that happen, Brown volunteering himself uh, to shake up the roster and uh, make decision easier one. If a player wants out, it's better for the Celtics to uh, it's, it's better the player to reveal information earlier rather than later on the free agency. Um, and uh, it would still be organization failure to get there. Now, um, Brown, uh, 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 now, uh, Brown uh, uh, in the midst of the season, slightly behind uh, his last one, uh, is seeking for the first playoff appearance in San Diego bubble after the, uh, missing the last year's stretch with uh, wrist uh, uh, surgery. Um, now, uh, Brown and uh, uh, Tatum uh, conversation, getting on the same page, but um, uh, about uh, Ime Yudoka and Brad Stevens uh, uh, finishing problem uh, hurting uh, Brown's and Tatum passing numbers. Um, and uh, Mark, uh, uh, you know, complained about... Uh, uh, not uh, being empowered to pass the ball. Um, now, uh, Boston is right now, uh, the question is uh, uh, the Bleacher uh, report uh, uh, reported uh, Malik Beasley interest um, and Tro- Troy Brown Jr. from Boston. Uh, so, uh, the Celtics also haven't had consistent outlets for Rim outside Williams III. The question was never can uh, Brown and Tatum play together, in my opinion, but uh, uh, can uh, Boston improve around them uh, and build a successful team around them? That 500 pace uh, still uh, playing out until Brown potential leaves in, potentially leaves in 2024th year um, and um, uh, could directly lead to the de- departure of Tatum in 2025th if the Celtics don't get anything back for uh, Brown. Boston is uh, Tatum's team right now. Tatum receives more attention, money, opportunities, ball, uh, and ears in his deal typically uh, plays better basketball right now than Brown. That doesn't mean Brown can't lead, thrive, or or grow elsewhere 
it seems primed to in an inevitable outcome for two um, uh, budding superstars, particularly, particularly one, ones who aren't con contending for the championship together. If Brown decides uh, he wants to, be, to depart sooner, that understanding could lead uh, uh, him to um, landing in the uh, best situation for career elsewhere and massive return uh, of the depth of players for the Celtics uh, to accelerate Tatum's coming back in the new direction. Uh, put it this way, Buffett Rose, we know uh, we would have to give a lot to get uh, Jalen Brown. And this is the end of uh, everything that I wanted to say about uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, Daniel, final words a uh, couple of minutes before wrapping the things up. I think that um, we have said uh, almost everything necessary. <clears throat> yeah, like, like we said in this situation, you know, you got just five days in this situation, in this case, before the deadline, again, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, ladies and gentlemen. Brad Stevens is basically going to have to make up his mind in the next, you know, 24, 48 hours, something like that in this case, you know, because obviously after Thursday, he's really not going to be able to do anything to make any moves the rest of the season. You know, obviously, you know, he could always, you know, like maybe wave a player or something like that in this situation, but definitely can't trade anyone. And after that, he's just going to have to um, take the path he chose and he's going to have to go full blast the rest of the way. Whether it's choosing to fight for the for a playoff spot and trying to prove whether te whether the team actually has what it takes to maybe try to be a contender in the coming years, or prove that this team doesn't have what it takes in this situation and blow it up and try to basically get ready for the for next season in this situation, as we were saying in our you know video chat not too long ago in the last radio show. So standing standing pet standing pet would be the worst. Uh, would be signing mediocrity the next year and would would lead to Jalen Brown departure. One hundred percent sure. Right now we it's, can say that, right? Ex exactly. Standing Pat will be the worst thing in this situation because that means that deep down he doesn't know that as a GM he's not sure and he's basically nervous because he doesn't know. He, he's not sure whether making one move or another could screw up the whole thing. And he's afraid to make a move at that point, in my opinion, because he's afraid he's going to make the wrong move in this case. And that could very well make me question and should make people question his, basically his, his um, role as the Celtics GM in this, in this case, you know, Danny Ainge, he may have made a few mistakes, but he was never, never afraid to actually make a move mm -hmm. in this situation. He was willing to take a move. Mm -hmm. And if it's, mess, if it's, if it's screwed up, fine. He was willing to basically try and get rid of certain players and try to do something else. But he was never afraid to pull the trigger in this case, and that was the key. That's what Brad Stevens is going to have to do. You're going to have to do something because you can't basically stay in the fi in the 500 range the entire season, knowing that you've been in the 500 range the last few seasons in this case. You need to do something, especially now that one of your players is making it public in a way that he's willing to leave if basically things don't get better at this point. And then after this season, you're going to have to make a decision on that player as well. If that player isn't willing to stay fully committed to you, knowing that he's only got a, got two years left, then you're going to have to choose. Do you really trust that player's word to stay here long term, knowing that the last guy that said it to you ditched you to go to a big time, you know, big city in this situation, and Kyrie, 
in this case, or do you end up basically sending him away to go and get another superstar in hopes that that superstar could get the main guy on your team right now to be willing to stay long-term in this case and try to do something different at that point? Okay, uh, Kevin, uh, final words before uh, Gino? <laughs> um, I, I agree with everything um, Daniel just said right there. Um, he he going to have to really – if he wants to keep that job, um, he got to do something. He, you, got to, you got the TPE there. Um, and, again, I think there is a plan there, but I think that what Jalen has said, has might might interrupt that plan in a sense, um, trying to bring that third score in with him being there. So this is going to be interesting. Um, in the next five days, he got some, um, he got some, he had some things. Um, Bradley has some things he needs to take care of um, as far as trading. So far, he's been doing okay with what he brought in here. Um, but again, the thing about it is, we're all speculating because this is probably the first time in a long time that we really didn't know what direction the Boston Celtics was going in as far as trading for some players or getting rid of for some players. Um, we know Marcus Smart has always been in in the talks of getting traded um, more or less every year. So I know he's not he's probably used to it by now. Um, he's he too good on defense. That's probably why. Um, so Brad Stevens, this you can make you can make or break the Celtics at this point in time. Um, and then you can do whatever you do here. You have to whatever you do here. You have to complement it with whatever you do here. You have to complement complement that for what you're going to do in the off season for the free agency and for the drafting. So it all calls all comes into play um, with this team again. If they if they stay pat, I still think that they're secretly tanking to get whatever they need to get to get whoever they want to get to come there. Um, through the draft picks and through money and all that other stuff. So um, we play again. Um, when we play again? Um, Tomorrow, Orlando. We play Orlando. Um, so we're in Orlando. We're in Orlando, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in Orlando. Um, we can still play. We still can have Gino down in Orlando as well. We we heard mm-hmm. Gino a couple times this year so far. I'd like to hear Gino again, not just on the radio show. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, I, I, the fans don't get too excited about 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 these wins because these are games they should be winning. Um, mm-hmm. because they are they are the better team than the teams they're playing. Um, I want I want to see what they do when they have to play against the Brooklyn Nets. Let's see what mm-hmm. they do, even though they're not a hundred percent um healthy right now. It looked like they got some time. And then they got Denver coming in on the 11th. That looked like they got a couple of days off. So they got Denver coming in 11th. Let's see what happens when they play Denver Denver Nuggets. So with that being said, guys, hey, you guys be safe. Um, mm-hmm. And um, enjoy life. Talk to you next week. Talk we'll, to we'll, you we'll talk to you next, next week. week. Thank you, uh, Kevin. The show is over. Gino time. We love you all. Go Celtics tomorrow in Orlando.